Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Jones Report. Diver Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, going to be joined by Jason Brown. You know him from the Netflix series, Last Chance You Also coached football there in the state of Kansas and is now doing a uh, podcast, a YouTube series, talking football all the time. We'll have a pretty in-depth and discussion when coach jb joins us coming up in just a little while from right now plus we'll have coach bo's football fix presented by o'connor advisory group coach bo is here with uh his takes as well as his picks against the spread we'll have our big 12 breakdown coming up later also we will have our tom fullery story of the week as well coming up at the end of today's show thanks for joining us thanks for making us a part of your day here on today's show and it is uh, going to be back with you all after a, a nice visit to New Mexico over the weekend. Uh, visited a uh, friend of the show, Dominic Aragon, from uh, the uh, Let's Go Racing show with uh, David Starr and also the uh, racing experts uh, there in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Uh, went to he and his wife, uh, Feliz's wedding, and uh, had a really good time there. And I, I got to tell you, the success story in all this was uh, the fact that uh, I was able to go to the wedding and uh, still be able to see the end of the Kansas-Baylor game, although they did lose. But nonetheless, I did get to see the uh, finish of the game uh, with the Catholic-Hispanic uh, wedding under an hour in time. So I'd consider that a success. Tom Bridges is also uh, here with me today. Uh, Tom, good to have you here Uh I know that you, like me, are not a fan of uh, weddings in the fall, uh, but I got to tell you, I, I was just pleased that I got I got to see the fourth quarter set. Yeah, I mean, for, for you to to you know get out under what well, you know an hour or you know a Catholic wedding less than <laughs> like four hours or longer, you know, golly, I mean, you've you you paid your dues and then some, but you still got your you still got a taste of it. And it's not like, you know, it's not like KU had some big, great, crazy game either. Right. They lost. They came, they made it a game, though, when I got out of the wedding. So I got to see the most important stuff. Right. Uh, Hashtag good luck charm. Yeah, I mean, not good luck enough. I will say, I don't know if you saw the picture I, I posted, Tom, but uh, the bartender at the said Chili's I was at uh, was wearing a Bobby Boucher jersey. And so my buddy, Matt, who I was with, who went who uh, uh, went with me to the wedding, you know, me and a couple friends, uh, you know, he had saw what I said about that I wanted to see the game and he wanted to see his Tennessee Vols play. So we made a point that since we got the Chili's in time for the fourth quarter, we took a picture with Bobby Boucher, the bartender, and we held up those fours for the fourth quarter. You know, so maybe, you know, maybe this week, maybe the Mud Dogs will win. <laughs> How do you like the uh, Mud Dogs' chances against KU this week? Uh, we'll see. Uh, I think KU would have a problem trying to do uh, mess with uh, Bobby Boucher and the Mud Dogs, personally. Uh, but that'd be a fun game. It feels like this Kansas team is the Mud Dogs at times. Uh, you know, just gritty and uh, the way they bounce back. Uh, but. Nonetheless, uh, great time. Happy for Dominic uh, and uh, his new wife, Feliz, and uh, their baby on the way, uh, little Christopher. Uh, definitely excited for them. And and uh, Tom kind of heard the, the stuff that happened at the reception. Uh, I'll, I'll leave that to the imagination, Tom. Uh, some, some things are kind of 
best left unsaid, I guess. You know, let, let the public think about what happened. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely closer to – I'm trying to think of that. Yeah, Albuquerque to Vegas is probably closer than Albuquerque to Dallas is. So, you're, you know, you're closer – you're closer to Vegas, so you can you can get the what happens in Albuquerque. It doesn't it just doesn't hit right? But we can right. let, well, there there is we a let, town. We can let sleeping dogs lie. Right, there is a town in uh, New Mexico called Las Vegas, New Mexico. Um, so yeah, along those uh, same lines there. But Tom, uh, good to have you uh, with us, my friend. Uh, you've enjoyed a little Oktoberfest here and there. What's going on with you? Oh, you know, just uh, ramping up and, you know, trying to find ways to uh, enjoy work at the office instead of working from home as I had, uh, you know, was able to do for the past two years. So definitely switching those things up. And, you know, Tulsa Oktoberfest was last week and got to go out there for a work event. And, you know, the week before was actually at a wedding myself. Uh, in Idaho, and then this week I'll be in Manhattan, Kansas, and then the following weekend I will be uh, in Vegas, and so the real Vegas. So if all goes well, and I'll turn thirty. So you you may you may hear a story or two, but you might not hear it all. Okay, I like that. Uh, that that's good. Certainly, uh, happy early birthday to you. We'll uh, talk about that more next week, I'm sure. Now. Is this your first trip to Manhattan, Tom, uh, the Little Apple? So I've been to Manhattan before, and I've partied in Manhattan, but I have never been to Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Okay. So here's what or I would tell Snyder. you. Here's what I would tell you. When you're in Manhattan, you got to visit Varsity Donuts. Those, uh, are, Varsity. those are the best donuts I've ever had. They're pretty good. They also have this thing. Uh, it's like a Crunchwrap Supreme. But instead of like meat, cheese, and lettuce and tomato, etc., it's filled with mac and cheese, and it is delicious. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the food truck they have there. Oh yeah, so uh, that will be. I've already told Billy about it. Uh, who's going with me, Billy, friend of the show? So that is going to be something that is is definitely happening on uh, Saturday night. Okay. Uh, looking forward to that. That should be a good time for you. And hopefully, uh, the Pokes can uh, bring back a win for you as well, uh, for that trip in Manhattan top. Um, we will uh, get to the break breakdown of the big 12 conference, including that Oklahoma state K state game coming up, uh, later on. But first it's, we begin with our look around the national football league and, uh, some of the games happening this weekend, just a quick glance, uh, preview there. And Tom, uh, let's begin with the uh, Ravens and the Bucks coming up tonight. Uh, both these teams very desperate right now. We're going to pick this game later in the show, but I got to tell you here, it it feels like a must win game, doesn't it, for both these teams? I mean, if you're the Ravens, you fall to four and four. You're not out of it. You're in a a weak division. But if you're the Bucks at this point, I mean, you lose this one. You fall to three and five. And with all the problems that have gone on and with Brady having his arguments with his teammates like that, I mean, this is this is a game where your season goes one direction or another based on what happens tonight. Yeah, and, you know, the, the Ravens have lost to share games uh, towards the end. Uh, you know, they're, they're having an issue, you know, coming out on top when they should. 
Uh, and then, you know, for the Buccaneers, you, you mentioned Tom Brady kind of being mad at his teammates. Well, you know, at the end of the day, he's, you know, obviously the greatest quarterback of all time. You know, you could argue and say the greatest uh, player, no matter position-wise, in, in NFL history. But at the same time, you know, you, if you want to if you want to come back out of retirement, well, you know, you better keep that same energy. Um, and, and so far, Tom Brady has not. Um, so... You know, I think definitely for the Buccaneers more than anything, uh, it's it's important for them to try to get this back on the right track. I mean, you lose the Panthers last week. Uh, what well, you know, this is the Panthers that are just, you know, setting up. You know, everybody's available type Carolina Panthers besides maybe Brian Burns. So, uh, right. it is very much win win now or pack it up. Yeah. Yeah, this should be uh, an interesting game. I'll, I'll say this. Um, I wonder who's the quarterback you rather have for this one game. I mean, we've seen Lamar has had an up-and-down season, and they've struggled to finish football games. Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. This hasn't been his best year, but I don't think he's played bad, but I don't think they're losing games because of Tom. I mean, they, they got a number of issues here. Which quarterback would you rather have tonight, Tom? Would you rather have Brady? Would you have, rather have Lamar Jackson to win you this game tonight? Put LJ in the chat for Lamar. Put TB in the chat for Tom. <laughs> I'm putting LJ, baby. <laughs> I'm going Lamar Jackson. I'll, you know, that might be sacrilegious to some, but um, that's all right. I'll I'll lead the sacrilegion charge of the NFL. Give me Lamar. Okay. Broncos and Jags, both teams are at two and five. Uh, this feels like this game is is punishment to the people of England for the Revolutionary War or something here. The fact that we sent these two teams across the pond. Not complaining about that, by the way. Um, but Russell Wilson, his weird antics, you know, we see the videos of him uh, doing knee highs uh, on the airplane. And, you know, the, the Jags have lost four straight here. I mean, th- this game is uh, is something else. I mean, there, there's there's a lot of problems. I mean, what, what's interesting about this time, the Jags have just as many, if not more, problems that the Broncos do. But the Broncos, uh, their issues are much more pub- publicized here because the expectations were much higher for the Broncos than the Jags were. Yeah, and and just the fact that man, how many times are we going to see the Broncos in the spotlight this season? I I feel like we've seen them. I feel like every week it's like, oh, oh, oh the Broncos games on in prime time. Like, like okay, the Broncos feel, should be banned from prime time games. I mean, it feels like it's been every week almost. I know it hasn't, but you know, uh, you know, Hackett. I'm I'm seeing reports that you know if Hackett doesn't win this week, then he's out. I don't give a shit if he wins this week. He should be out regardless. Right. Yeah, he's done a terrible job there. Uh, let's see. The Bears taking on the Cowboys. That game in Dallas with a Dallas favored by nine and a half. The Bears had a breakthrough game on Monday night. Big time win against New England, although New England's not that great in their own right. But this Dallas team, you know, another week with Dak here, I mean – you look at where they're at at five and two right now. The defense looks really good here. I- I'm wondering, 
you know, can this Dallas team adjust to find their balance where they could – can they play to the way that they did with Cooper Rush but with Dak here? I think they need to find a happy medium of some sort of time where they play to what Cooper Rush did but they don't force Dak to do too much. I think, obviously, he's the better quarterback of the two, but I think that they're trying to force him to do too much. They should play him the way that they use Cooper Rush. Yeah, I mean, it obviously worked out for them well. I mean, at this point, they should, you know, at least name, uh, you know, at least name like a, a an upper section after the after Cooper Rush, like the Cooper Rush give it your all section up in section 323 or something. Um, you know, that's the least that they could do because without Cooper Rush being an efficient game manager, you know, Dallas' season might have already been over. But held in there, did his thing. And, you know, granted, you know, this is a weird year for the NFC East considering that they're usually the bottom division in the football. And now you, you, you look at, what, the one-loss Giants, the two-loss Cowboys, and the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Um, right. So definitely a little bit of a trick-or-treat type situation, uh, pun intended, considering Monday's Halloween. But uh, let's, I'll be interested to see if the if the – the Cowboys can can go ahead and do it and give us all even a, a, more of a scare. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the uh, Patriots taking on the Jets. Uh, the Jets have played really good so far this year. They're 5-2 uh, and two on the season. Zach Wilson has done a good job. That offense is really humming right now. Uh, they got a couple of guys they're looking to possibly trade. Elijah Moore wants out. Denzel Mims wants out. So you got that going on, but they're still winning football games. And meanwhile, New England looked so bad last week. Mac Jones gets pent, benched. Bailey Zappi comes in, plays all right. Um, but Mac Jones is going to get the start. Tom, do you think we're going to see Bailey Zappi play at all on Sunday against the Jets? Uh, you know, I think if if the Patriots get off to a start like they did against the Bears and start getting routed, then, yeah, I, I think the leash on Mac Jones is very, uh, you know, very short. And I didn't think Zappy played terrible, um, but I mean, why not? You know, if, if the if the Patriots start getting, you know, just taken to the old chicken coop, you know, then why not roll him back out there? Right. I mean, at this point, too, they're not. I mean, they're not doing shit this season. Might as well. I mean, both quarterbacks. I mean, as good as Zappy played for a couple starts. Neither one of them are going to be elite quarterbacks. And we'll talk about this more with Bo later on the show. Tom, I, I know this sounds amateur, sounds college-like, but I wouldn't even mind, because you know you're not really going anywhere this year, rotate series and and, and put them mono-a-mono, uh, you know, with that first-team offense and figure out who the better guy is if, if you have to at, at some point. I mean, like, if you want to figure out who you're – your quarterback is for the long term. Uh, I mean, I think you got to have, uh, you know, sample size of both of them that's even here. Just get experimental instead of the Savannah bananas. Just go with the piece of shit Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> just, just roll them out there and see what the hell happens. Yeah. Uh, Steelers taking on the Eagles. The Eagles are at six and oh. And they're 11-point favorites. It feels like for years, Tom, when these two teams would meet in the past, uh, 
it would be the opposite. The Steelers would be the dominant team, the well-run franchise. The Eagles would be a bit of an underdog, but roles reversed here. The Eagles are so good. You bring in Robert Quinn now. I know the Steelers had a nice win, uh, you know, against the Bucks a couple of weeks ago, but Kenny Pickett has been so inconsistent. He doesn't look like he was quite ready yet for that starting job at this point. Uh, with that said, uh, the Eagles, Yann and Quinn, they were already playing good football. There, there's no reason why this should not be a blowout. There's no reason why the Eagles shouldn't dominate this game. Right, and, you know, I don't think we're going to see any miraculous, you know, classic Mike Tomlin comeback seasons, you know, almost midway through this thing. Uh, you know, I, I did see people say, well, you know, should they, you know, give Pickett some more time and roll out Mason Rudolph back out there um, and, and just see and, you know, kind of take a I, – I think I don't think any pressure should be on Kenny Pickett to come in and absolutely win. The Steelers weren't going to, to be able to win that division this year anyway. So, you know, it's kind of like the, the same thing. Maybe in a – I don't know. Who's in a better position right now, the, the New England Patriots or the Steelers? Ooh. You know, in quarterback situations. I mean, I don't want to be too harsh on Kenny Pickett already, but, you know, we, we've seen what Mac Jones is kind of capable of. He, yeah, Mac's looked better than Kenny. Right, you know. And so do you shut it down and roll and, you know, maybe showcase uh, backup quarterback champion Mason Rudolph and try to sell him, you know, what one week to the trade deadline? I don't think there's a team that really – would use Mason Rudolph, but, you know, what else do you do with him? Right. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, when you look at that quarterback class last year, Tom, Mac Jones, you know, we mentioned has not played great this year. Trevor Lawrence, he looks better than he did last year, but still not spectacular by any means. Zach Wilson has been improved this year, but he's still not great. Um, I mean, you go on down the line, that quarterback class was supposed to be it. I mean, added Justin Fields, too. Justin Fields still has a lot of unanswered questions at this point. That was supposed to be an elite quarterback class, and I don't know if there's any quarterback from last year's class out of right now that I would invest my future in, that I would give a second contract to. No, absolutely not. And, you know, I I, I give a little leeway to uh, Trevor Lawrence just because, yeah, he's on the Jags. Um and we know kind of how that's been historically, but uh, you know, none of them like are are anything to write home about so far. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, let's see a couple more things around the league here. Uh, the Commanders and the Colts going up head to head on uh, Sunday. Tom, uh, the Colts, Sam Ellinger is now a starting quarterback in the National Football League with Matt Ryan hurt. And they've said they're turning things over to Sam Ellinger here. The Colts are a mess. Uh, they're a poorly run organization. Frank Reich, you know, Chris Ballard do not know what they're doing. They've done a terrible job with that group. Jim Ursay is an awful owner. And now Sam Ellinger is the starting quarterback. What in the, the hell are we doing when we live in a society where Sam Ellinger is the starting quarterback in the National Football League? Hey, I think Sam Ellinger could someone be a low-key baller. You know, he's not going to win you a Super Bowl, but I'm I'm very interested to see what Sam Ellinger does this weekend. Uh, I feel like he's a pretty tough player. I, I need to go brush my teeth after talking sweet on a Texas quarterback, but 
Um, you know what? I, I you know, and in, in that and the whole situation with Matt Ryan and the someone put it funny about the Colts being um, finally through the rental QB phase. Um, yeah. And that's pretty true. But Matt Ryan, I don't know if you got to hear what Matt Ryan had to say about Sam Ellinger and kind of giving him the keys and uh, kind of seemed very weird to hear. Um, seemed like he was going peacefully into the night. Yeah. Uh, but he, he was, sounds like from what I heard, he was all class and, you know, Matt Ryan, Despite being the 28 and three, uh, not a terrible career. And this, I don't know, is this it for Matt Ryan? Is he done? Uh, I mean, I don't see him being a starter again if he doesn't, if he loses this job. Right. I mean, so he's going peacefully, gracefully into the night. Right. Uh, so, you know, what, what are they like around the horn? They do three cheers, three cheers to Matty Ice. Right. Yeah. Farewell. The, the so long farewell to Matty Ice. Yeah. Yeah. It, it almost feels like you're dying in a sense. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. <laughs> Just dying inside, I guess. Right. Uh, the Titans have won four straight after starting the year 0-2, losing to the Giants and to the Bills. And, and, Tom, people were quick to write off the Titans from those two performances, losing to a Giants team that they were favored to at home. Now that doesn't look like such a bad loss anymore. Getting blown out by the Bills. Well, everybody's been getting blown out by the Bills. But four straight cents, um, you know, this team was kind of written off. What were they going to do without A.J. Brown? Credit to Mike Vrabel. I think Mike Vrabel is a top five coach in this league, and this has been a really good coaching job by him to win four straight here and be in the driver's seat in the AFC South. Oh, 100%. And, you know, Thank God for the Titans that they're in the AFC South because any other division, they might have gotten pummeled through this. But you're absolutely right on Mike Vrabel. He's been a hell of a coach. And, you know, that defense is, has been, you know, hard-nosed and, and gritty. Uh, something about the Tennessee teams, you know, even in basketball, you know, you could talk about Memphis. Something about the grit and grind of the state of Tennessee. Uh, you know, a lot of, lot of comparisons there between – the Grizzlies and the and the Titans. The uh, 49ers taking on the Rams. Christian McCaffrey, his second game with the Niners. The Rams have, have not been good. Uh, the, the Niners have not been good. Um, at this point, in, uh, in the thick of things, Tom, is this a must-win game for both teams? Uh, you know, you could probably say that. Um, you know, I, I don't know if – Seattle is going to just somehow creep out away and, and disrupt one of these two teams from one of the NFC West. Uh, it's definitely not going to be the Cardinals. Um, you know, San Fran has already got the better of the Rams in the first matchup between those two teams this season. And, uh, you know, a lot of people like to say that the Rams home field advantage is non-existent. And as a Rams fan, I tend to somewhat agree, but, uh, you know, Rams coming off a of bye week, uh, unfortunately had to face Christian McCaffrey uh, two games in a row, one with the Panthers before the bye week and now with the 49ers. Um, this will be an interesting game to watch, even if you're not a fan of one of these teams. There's it's a lot on the kind of on the line, the, the proverbial NFC West line here. Yeah. The uh, Giants and the uh, Seahawks, probably the two biggest surprises in the league this year. I guess you could throw in the Jets in there as well. The Giants sitting at six and one. Seattle at four and three. Seattle's offense has been awesome with Geno Smith and company. 
Uh, Kenneth Walker has done an incredible job since taking over after Rashad Penny went down and was out for the year. Daniel Jones playing okay. Saquon Barkley playing at an MVP caliber level here. This is going to be a really fun game here. And it feels like a, a proven game of sorts here, uh, Tom. The winner of this game is uh, going to be in the driver's seat to grab one of those wild card spots uh, at the very least, if not stay in contention uh, to win their division. It's going to be pretty amazing to see, uh, you know, the Seahawks grab a wild card spot, especially considering how, uh, you know, everyone wrote them off and thought they'd, you know, go ahead and pack it in this season and wait to get a quarterback, you know. Hats off to Geno. There's another three cheers, but more of a celebratory for Geno Smith because uh, he's proven all the haters wrong in yeah. Seattle. Yeah, he has, uh, for sure. Uh, a couple more things, uh, then we'll move on and talk some uh, Big 12 football here. Uh, Packers and Bills. Bills are big-time favorites. We're going to pick this game coming up later in the show. Uh, Tom, this one here. The Bills, if they lose at home, not the end of the world. The Bills are still the best team in the AFC. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, there's not even discussion on that. This game is a lot more important, I feel, for Green Bay than it is Buffalo here. Right. And, and what a game for Green Bay to have your, you know, season. I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily call it on the line, but it's pretty close to that against probably the best team in the, in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a tough one. It is. It is. So that's your look around the NFL this week here on the Jones Report. We'll shift gears and uh, we'll talk Big 12 football here in just a moment. Also, uh, later on, we will uh, bring in Jason Brown. Uh, great discussion with him. Coach Bo is going to stop by. All that more as we continue here on the Jones Report. It is time for the Big 12 Breakdown. Tyler Jones, Thomas Bridges is here with you with a comprehensive look around the Big 12 Conference as we break down some of the top headlines and preview week number nine in the Big 12 this week. And, Tom, we begin as we do each and every week on the Big 12 Breakdown with our Big 12 Hot Takes. And uh, we'll start with you, Tom. What's your uh, hot take for uh, the Big 12 Conference this week? Okay, well, you know, this is a little odd for me to say. I think OU keeps the ball rolling coming out of a bye week. You know, they beat KU into a bye week. Brent Venables has kind of been on record saying, you know, owning up to the fact that they didn't, you know, really obviously like how the first part of the season went. And, uh, you know, he's trying to hope he gets his team on track to, to finish out the season strong. Um, I like, you know, OU to, to go into Ames this weekend and maybe not shellac. Actually, you know what? Hot take season. I think OU is going to go into Ames and shellac uh, Iowa State. Okay. Iowa there'll, State. Be no, there'll be no spookiness this weekend in Ames. Iowa State gave Texas a scare. Uh, you know, they're in Austin. Uh, so we'll see. My hot take, uh, I really like what I've seen from TCU. I thought that was an impressive win against K-State last week. Granted, K-State ended up playing, you know, their second and third string quarterback and, uh, you know, a bizarre situation. But nonetheless, TCU did what it took to get the job done. And if you look at their schedule the rest of the way, the final five games are left. West Virginia, I think that they should handle just fine. Tech, it's a rivalry game, but I think they're a better team than Tech. Texas on the road. 
That'll be a tough game, but they've had their way with Texas over the years and played pretty well in Austin. You get Baylor on the road. Baylor is an up-and-down team, and then you finish with Iowa State. Uh, Tom, my hot take, I don't see a loss in the remainder of the Big 12 regular season for TCU. I think that in the regular season, TCU wins out. Now, I can see them losing a rematch with Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game or something like that, but my hot take this week is uh, TCU is about to win out here. You know, that's not a bad hot take. Uh, you know, I, I do think the uh, – it, it's it's tough, man. It's, you know, it's tough to go undefeated, and it would be tough to go undefeated in this league uh, this year. I, I do foresee one slip-up. But as an Oklahoma State fan who wants to see the rematch in Arlington and, you know, hopefully o- Oklahoma State wins out as well, uh, you know, would be pretty good resume uh, builder there at the end if OSU can get back to the Big 12 championship, slay their demons, and beat TCU. Because here's the um, other part. Here's the other factor in all that. If you – let's say TCU and Oklahoma State both went out and they – go to the Big 12 title game. I would probably guess, Tom, that at that point, that's a play-in game to the college football playoff because then Oklahoma State would get a shot to redeem their one loss on the schedule that was in double overtime. Meanwhile, TCU would be an undefeated team from a power conference you couldn't leave out. I think if you get that scenario, that's a win you're in in the playoff, I think. I would imagine so. You know, like you mentioned, if if OSU re- would be able to redeem themselves on a neutral field, granted that game was in Fort Worth, um, at, you know, at that point it would be a one-loss Big 12 champion, and, and OSU would have that that resume builder. If, you know, at that point, if TCU wins out, they're top five team. Um, you know, by the time Michigan and Ohio State play, that's a – TCU has a chance probably to get to four or five if they went out. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're uh, you're absolutely right about that. Um, I'll say this. Uh, as we move on to our, our game previews this week, with uh, West Virginia getting blown out by Texas Tech last week, and their record's now three and four, um, I have been predicting the, the firing of Neil Brown all season long, Tom. If they weren't going to fire him after last week, I don't see how Neil Brown is not going to make it through the season. Like, I, I think that he will get fired at the end of the year. But, I mean, you could call it a cop-out. You could say whatever you want about it. But I, I, I'm going I'm, I'm to say I was wrong. Uh, I think that Neil Brown does finish the season because this would have been the week to fire him. But – uh, I, I think that they're going to go ahead and let him finish the year, then go ahead and fire him, find him their next head coach. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think you're right. Um, you know, I, I wonder if he'll get the uh, – I wonder, though, you know, about West Virginia. You know, they, they that win against Baylor um, in Morgantown on a – what was it, a Thursday night? Yeah. Um, that was sneaky good. I, I'm wondering if Neil Brown could pull off the upset of the – Big 12 this season, and if they were to beat, like, TCU, does he end up somehow sneaking by for another season and get the K-State Bruce Weber treatment where does just enough, or just as soon as you're going to fire him, well, he just racks off another win. Yeah. 
can't fire him. You know, that, that saga at K-State with Bruce Weber for basketball was ridiculous. And he, he evaded the the axe too many times. And could this happen to Neil Brown? Right. I mean, Brucey was there about seven years too long, you know? I mean, Right. And Neil Brown's, you know, his his day has been on the calendar, I feel like. You, you've, you've had him scheduled like a chicken to get its head cut off yeah. from, from the beginning. I've been chopping at the bit. Uh, believe me, you know, and it's nothing personal against Neil Brown, but West Virginia can do a lot better than Neil Brown. I can tell you that right now. Speaking of which, that TCU-West Virginia game, the way that TCU plays and how complete they are of a football team and uh, how bad West Virginia has played this year. Um, if there were – this was a night game, then I, I would look at the October spookies and say, okay, maybe West Virginia could keep it close. This 11 a.m. kick. I think this game's going to be ugly, Tom. I think TCU wins this and they win big. You think in plus or minus 17? Uh, I'm leaning towards plus 17. In fact, TCU is a seven and a half point favorite according to Vegas. I'm, I'm very tempted to hammer that seven and a half with TCU here. Yeah, seven and a half. I'd be willing to, to, to write that down and, and slide some money through the through the uh, through the hole on that one, yeah. um, you know that's not crazy in the grand scheme of things. And West Virginia's, you know, looking to just die in peace at this point, right? Just just take them out of their misery. Uh, Max Duggan, nineteen touchdowns, just one interception. He's played by far the best football of his career. Um, you know. Tom, I would say not only is Max Duggan your favorite to be Big 12 Player of the Year right now, Max Duggan is actually a Heisman contender. He's not, you know, C.J. Stroud or 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 Hooker from Tennessee, but I wouldn't be shocked if Duggan, if he keeps playing this way, he'll probably earn an invite to New York when it's all said. When, it, when it's all said and done. Yeah, that's pretty crazy to think about. Like, if you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, you know, I, I'd like to go and listen to our first – Big 12 breakdown in, in terms of what we said about Max Duggan, and we kind of had written him off. And Morris, and, I thought General Morris was just as good, right? And and you know, it and he so still happened. might be, right? Right, exactly. And and you know, just so happened the cookie crumbled like Kurt Warner uh, and Trent Green, and you know, Max Duggan is trying to take this greatest show in Fort Worth uh, to the to the old college football playoff, right? And, and how about Sonny Dykes? First year, and this is not the first time he's been in a Power 5 program. Remember, he got fired from Cal. Things did not work out well there. Comes over across town from SMU in Dallas, over to Fort Worth at TCU. And to be 7-0 and like this, to get this program humming, it's been a while since TCU's been relevant, too. This is an impressive coaching job. And, you know, we, we heard Bill Haston say it on the show a couple weeks ago. He said that, hey, look, in actuality, Oklahoma may have hired the wrong coach. I mean, they could have had Sonny if they wanted him. Instead, they ended up with Brent Venables. I'm not willing to go that far yet, but uh, I think uh, Sonny Dykes deserves a lot of credit. He certainly raises some eyebrows here. Oh, yeah, of course. And, you know, if you talk to any TCU fan there, you know, after the loss of, of Gary Patterson, I think that they, they thought that it was going to be a long time coming uh, before they were back in, in the national. Spotlight, and uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to hear 
you know, Sonny Dyke's honest opinion on how his team has started without any of the humbleness. Um, I, I, I also wonder if he is a little shocked on how it's gone. And, and granted, you know, TCU's played by the skin of their teeth in a couple, but they found ways to win. Um, and that's all that matters in this league. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Oklahoma taking on Iowa State. Tom, uh, the Sooners' offense looked great against Kansas, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, Iowa State here, you know, it's been an up-and-down season. Their offense uh, has not looked good at all. I think OU is going to put up a lot of points on uh, Iowa State here. I don't think that OU's defense is worth anything, but uh, I like OU's defense better than I do Iowa State's offense. I think OU's going to win this game pretty handily. Yeah, I think so, too, and that's partially why I went ahead and said hot take on it, but I don't think it's too crazy of a hot take to think, oh, you'll stroll into Ames. I know the history there where Iowa State's kind of given OU fits in wins for OU and for losses for OU in the past few seasons, but, uh, you know, I don't, like I said, no spookiness in Ames, even though it's Halloween weekend. Uh, no spookiness there for OU. I think they – I think this is a step in the right direction um, for OU. Yeah, I think I think you're right about that. Dylan Gabriel and company are going to play well. I like the Sooners to win here. Oklahoma State and K-State, the game you're going to be at, Tom, um, very interesting. I, I, I'm very intrigued to see what Adrian Martinez comes out. If Martinez plays like he did against OU, I think K-State wins. Um, but – I don't think Adrian Martinez is going to play like that. I like Oklahoma State to win here, but for me, this game is even more about Adrian Martinez than it even is about Spencer Sanders. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if if Martinez how he takes the field. Um, you know, and Will Howard didn't play terrible. Um, you know, after Martinez went out, but yeah, you, if, if Martinez can play like he did against OU. Sure, he could try to play that way. I think OSU's defense, even down some players, is is a lot better than OU's defense. Um, and and you know, I, I know K State's kind of had OU's number um, the past few seasons, so it'll be interested to see. You know, OSU's going to be pretty banged up um, in terms of of starters, but I know K State's pretty banged up as well. I mean, this is like the the Bill Snyder Family Stadium uh, medical redshirt bowl at this point. Um, right. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's getting that way. You know, OSU had an early bye week, and so we expected. And K-State's been held put through the ringer uh, the past four weeks. So uh, it's, it's n- not been easy. I mean, we, we knew that, though. So this is going to be a gritty game, I think. Last game uh, we'll talk about here, Texas Tech and uh, Baylor. Uh, Tom, both teams have the same record at 4-3, but a a tale of two sides here. Baylor is very disappointed to be 4-3. They had college football playoff aspirations entering the year. Meanwhile, Texas Tech, first year under Joey McGuire, you got the big win against uh, Texas. Uh, I mean, you're a couple wins away from being bowl eligible here. Um, I mean – I, I kind of lean towards Texas Tech, even though Baylor is the better team, just because of the excitement level and where they're at. I mean, this is uh, 
Texas Tech's feeling a lot better about being four and three than Baylor is about being four and three. Yeah, I mean more momentum. Oh, a lot more momentum. And you know, Baron Morton's looking really good. And you know, if I had to pick a coach, Dave Rand or Joey McGuire, I'm obviously gonna go with the Randa, but you know, Joey McGuire seems like cut from the same cloth, obviously. So uh, this is in Lubbock, and it's uh, you know uh, affectionately coined the Butt Bowl. They don't they don't call it that officially. I think officially it's like the Texas Farm Bureau something bowl. I don't I don't know what they've coined it, but it's it's affectionately called the Butt Bowl. So I'm um, I will be keeping my eye on the Butt Bowl uh, this week, and I you know I kind of like Texas Tech. Ooh. Okay. Low key. It's in Lubbock on how, like, okay, let me set the scene here. It's in Lubbock. It is on the Halloween weekend. Right. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is getting jersey retired at halftime. Right. Um, I, what time is this game? Is it at night? Uh, this game here is a 6.30 kick, yeah. Yeah, nighttime in Lubbock, Halloween weekend. Patrick Mahomes getting his jersey retired. Right. Text on, on the up and up. This is just that I've seen a lot of. Uh, I I scour Reddit for just comments to see how fan bases are feeling. Right, and all the Baylor fan base on Reddit is like, there's too many. There's too many factors for Tech going in here. This is the perfect storm. Yeah, so, I, I think like Tech. I think you're spot on. You're spot on about that. Uh, I like Tech here too. The Mahomes effect, uh, yeah, <laughs> as you said. I mean, so, you know. should be a good one. Uh, there's your look around the Big 12 Conference, your Big 12 breakdown this week. Uh, coming up next, you're going to be joined by Jason Brown. You know him from Last Chance U. He is now uh, making his name known in the podcast and YouTube world, talking all things college football and NFL. Got a fascinating conversation with Coach JB when he joins us. Coming up on the other side. Stay with us. <laughs> Joining us now, the Jones Report this week, it is the one and only Coach Jason Brown, known as Coach JB from Last Chance U on Netflix, also was the 2017 National Junior College Jayhawk Coach of the Year, and does a uh, show on YouTube now, talking uh, football all the time, and uh, certainly outspoken and always has a lot of opinions to share. We're excited to have him on with us on the show this week. Coach JB, welcome to the show, man. Glad to have you with us. What's going on? Hey, what's up, brother? How you doing? Hey, doing great, man. Uh, JB, tell me uh, what you've been up to these days uh, since uh, since the show aired and what you're uh, doing with this uh, new show you got on your own now, man. Man, I'm just uh, same old, same old, man. I'm just, I'm just uh, got my own whiskey line and cigars, and uh, we just launched a cigar deal last Saturday. Um, so that, that cigar will be out and, uh, it's out now, actually. Um, it'll be on my website, coachjbstore.com. And then, uh, just everything else, man, from merchandise to my book, you name it, man. It's just, uh, short, fast, skinny, and tall. I do it all, you know? <laughs> I love it. I, I, you're going to have to send me some of those cigars, man. I, I, I'd love to, uh, see what you got there, uh, with, uh, with your company. I mean, you, you've really turned into a brand, it seems here. Man, I'm, oh man, you know, I've always been a hustler, man. I'm just doing what I know to do. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, never was a math major, but I can sure hustle. So figuring that out, man, it's just keeps, it's a grind though. Every day is a different day and, uh, presents a new opportunity. You know how it is. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. 
And at the end of the day, man, you got to uh, turn over rocks, man. It's a result-oriented life we live. You either win or you lose. There is no gray area in this thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, since the show ended uh, and everything, what's been kind of the stuff you've been up to uh, the post-coaching days now? Uh, you're, you're certainly uh, staying in the grind in, in a different way now, right? Yeah, it's been rough. It's been busy, man. Been busier than I would have ever imagined. So doing this thing, I was doing two shows a day for five days a week for the last three or four months. And then before that, I was kind of hit and miss. And now we're trying to get this show really going. Now we do it at six in the morning on the West Coast, uh, three hour daily show, six to nine. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a lot of work going into that, man, getting prepared and prepped. And then when it was two shows, it was just rough, man, on everything else I had going on. So I had to cut that afternoon show out. But uh, I do still keep it for guests and so forth. So we've had some A-list guests on, man. We've got, we've got a big crew that comes on here and there. And, and guest list uh, gets, keeps getting better and better. So the show's growing uh, expeditiously, man. It's getting bigger and bigger. And, uh and uh, so we're, we're excited how it's going, getting the brand out there and continuing the brand as far as merch, the whiskey, the cigars, uh, you know it. And I still got my slapdick dogs here sitting here. So uh, other than that, man, it's just uh, every day is a, uh, you know, it's another day, another dollar. I love it. I love it. What's uh, we, we've seen. I mean, you've obviously been one of the biggest hits to come off of that show. Do you do you still get people? uh running into you from, from time to time, asking about the show uh, still to this day, man? Oh, man, I can't go anywhere, brother. Uh, it's still crazy to me. I can't go to Walmart. I can't go to damn, you name it, man. People recognize me. It's, it's, been, uh, it's, been, it's been crazy. I'm not an actor by any means, so a lot of people, I think, uh, I don't know. I think people think I was an actor or something. I'm like, man, shit, I didn't ask for this thing. And uh, I'm just a regular Joe. So when people meet me, they're kind of shocked. They think I'm some celebrity. I'm like, I ain't no celebrity. I'm just a regular Joe. And uh, three and a half, four years removed, man, the show's still as big as it is. It's, there's a reason it hasn't been taken off Netflix, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, you know, 300, 400 million views from what I've heard, eyeballs on that show. So I'm sure it uh, doesn't matter what state I go to or what country I go to, I'm recognized. So it's pretty crazy. That's great. Uh, any uh, any desire to go back into coaching at all? Is that something you, you've thought about down the road? Not right now, I don't. Um, I, I don't want to. I don't know if I can coach these soft cats, and I don't want to deal with their soft-ass parents. So I don't think I can. Uh, I don't think I can do it. You know, we're so soft, man, as a society. I, I just – now, listen, do they need me? Yeah. Do I need them? No. So – that's where it's at. If I don't, until I need you, I'm not interested, man, because they need me and these administrators can't figure that shit out. That's the problem. So until they figure it out, uh, I'll keep staying here and uh, having your having your buddy Chase join me on Wednesdays for Work Boot Wednesday, man. We're getting after it, man. I, I like doing that, man. Uh, unfortunately, I wish I could help these youngsters out and uh, and uh, continue to get guys to the NFL like I have 28 different times and and 10 first rounders and. Sent over 260 kids to Division One. Uh, so all good things come to an end, they say. Uh, we'll see. Right opportunity presents itself. Who knows? I'm never saying never, but uh, right now I have no burning desire whatsoever. You'd have to pay me a lot, a lot of money. I feel that. Uh, you mentioned about things being soft, society being soft. Uh, that, that that goes into a whole nother conversation. I'm very curious. Uh, 
What what do you think is the base of that problem there? Why do you think that we've gotten so soft as a society? Man, there's probably about 600 things I can tell you real quick off the top, but I'll just skip it to about three. Uh, parents are soft as shit. Uh, the parents are as soft as runny baby shit. That's number one. We don't, we allow it instead of coach it. Um, that is an old adage in the coaching profession. You either coach it or you allow it. I think we're allowing more things than we've ever allowed in our entire life. Uh, especially in my 46 years, um, coaches allow it. We don't coach it. We're so scared of kids leaving, uh, our institution, our high school, or, 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 or whatever, we're transferring at all-time rate. So we, we kiss their butts at all-time high instead of telling the real. Tell, instead of coaching them, we're allowing them to do anything. And it has, starts in the home front of the household, parents, and then it goes to coaches and mentors and business people, CEOs, general managers, managers, leaders. Our leaders are weak um, we're, we have no leaders. We have followers. Cause if we had leaders, they create more leaders, not more followers. And we're creating followers at an all time rate. If you've noticed, uh, we have every single yes, man, yes, ma'am. Yes, man. Uh, that I've ever seen in my life. Yes, 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 yes. And you know, damn well, deep down, you don't even agree, but you're saying yes. It, it's just unbelievable to me. That's where we are right now in society as a whole and football is even worse. And before, back in the day, athletics, entertainment um, was such a big influence on the general population. Um, it was a, that was where you looked to for hardship and some grit and tough skin and blood, sweat, and tears. Nowadays, you know, you can't even hit the fucking quarterback. So I don't know. I mean, I, I just think it's translating over into the public. Yeah, I mean, you, you brought up what I was just actually about to dive into next. I mean, it's not even just the society thing. This this softness is affecting even the product in the football field. I mean, these the way these quarterbacks are protected. I mean, I mean, I, I know you, coach. I mean, we, we love the game of football, but I feel like this isn't this, this isn't the football I signed up and, and grew up watching. The game I loved. It's not the same that it was. No question about it, man. It's a different ball game now. I don't know how you, I don't know how you coach it. I don't know how you play it. I don't, that's one reason I don't know if I can coach it again. I think kids would look at me like I'm crazy. I, I, if I started up doing a board drill, I think they'd look at me like, what is this? And that's the problem because coaches don't even know what a damn board drill is anymore. And uh, I mean, just three, four years ago, I was doing them at, every day, start practice up. We're doing a board drill. Uh, I, I, it's a lot. It's just, it's lost, man. I don't even know where to get started, but if we don't get it back soon, brother, I'm telling you right now, we are a very, very vulnerable state or country for that matter. We are very vulnerable. We're in a vulnerable state. As far as the country goes, uh, we are, uh, we have lost all that. We, you know, thing, I, I did a thing, a segment on my show, uh, things we didn't say in the nineties. It was funny, man, getting it from my chat and myself, just thinking of things. And it, it, it really, truly blew my mind that some of the things that you see and, and hear, hear now compared to what we used to. And, and it's just because social media, we, we, you know, obesity rate is an all time high. We don't go. We can't even go shopping with our fat asses. Uh, we order it on Grubhub or Uber Eats or whatever the hell that shit is called. I've never done it in my life. I never will. Uh, I like to go out. I want to see females. I want to see humans. I want to see interaction. We lack interaction in America. 
We don't go anywhere. Everything's done on social media. We hide behind our Twitter account with a fake name and a fake profile picture of someone else that we envy because jealous ones are envy. And again, we are followers at an all-time rate. That's why we have fake profile pictures. That's why we have fake accounts and all these different things. And it's just like, man, go interact with humans and learn how to talk to humans. And it blows my mind, man. Social media, Twitter, uh, all these different apps. Um, you know, it just, it just start it, to me, it is allowing us to be lazy enabled and expect instant gratification. We all want things handed to us. We don't want to go earn anything. That's why you see Amazon packages being stolen at your front door every day. That's why mailboxes are getting broken into across America. That's why, because we're lazy. We don't want to go earn nothing. And people, I, I don't understand why people can't fathom this and figure it out. Well, and to me, I look at it too. I mean, part of it, JB, I think has to do with, uh, you know, we mentioned things getting soft, you know, boys aren't boys anymore. Men aren't men. You know, I mean, we, we've, there, there's been such a push to try to, you know, feminize men out there that not letting, not, not letting us be who we're, we're meant to be out there. You know, I think that's one of the big reasons why that, that you know, we can't even get, you know, guys to go out and see girls anymore. They, they get on a, on an app to, to go out with somebody or something. I mean, that, that to me is one thing I point to with that. Yeah, it's pretty in, pretty in amazing times, man. The internet superhighway came out when I was like in, uh, you know, sophomore in college, 96 or something. And uh, we thought it was a cool thing. We got to see certain things. But you know what? We screwed around and didn't do what we were supposed to do. Our mom and dad still whipped our ass. Nowadays, you screw around on that app all day long and parents aren't doing anything. You can get away with whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. You can show whatever you want. Uh, there is no control anymore and it has gotten out of control. It has spiraled out of control. And now the players, which are the kids in society, the, 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 the young people have the keys to the car and they don't even know how to drive yet. And that is the truth. And the parents have lost it. The coaches have lost it. The, the CEOs, the managers, the leaders have lost it. And that's what you're seeing at all time rate. We allow it and accept it. And uh, it, it's just become such an entitled, lazy, instant gratification. And that's why you see 7,200 kids in a transfer portal in college football. That's why NFL and NBA people are demanding trades. Um, this is what you see. And uh, that's where we're headed. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. Uh, let's uh, let's talk some ball now. Uh, the NFL side of things. Let's start there, uh, Coach JB. What do you think of uh, what Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are going through right now? Older quarterbacks and not playing necessarily their their best ball right now. Do you think uh, either one of them is going to turn a corner? Their team's going to head the right direction. Which one's more likely to do it? Do you think? And I bet on that they both do. Uh, but at the same time, we're in, a, again, we're in a league, man, that's so bad. Um, football at a, at a, in totality is as worse as I've ever seen. It's the worst football I've ever seen from high school to college to pro. Uh, quarterback plays at the worst I've ever seen. Quarterback play it's it's god awful. Athletically, we're better uh, than ever before. But actually playing the position, we're as bad as I've ever seen. Uh, I, I don't know what happens but i'm predicting that the bucks win tomorrow and that green bay beats buffalo 
and I could be totally just blowing smoke. The reason I'm saying that is they have to, man, or their seasons are over. Like, if these two teams don't win tomorrow and Sunday, they are done. And at some point, you're thinking, okay, these two teams with these two quarterbacks got to win, right? They got to start winning, right? Like, when do they do it? I, I, I just, I'm just going to go with it and say they have to win it. I'm going to put some money on it, too, just for shits and giggles. Uh, they have to start. And, and I don't care who they play. If you have an all-time great in Tom Brady and all-time great in Aaron Rodgers, at some point, uh, you would think they're going to buy in. But in the flip side of that coin, man, I'll be honest with you, I don't think players care as much as they once did. I don't think they care about letting their teammates down like we once did. And I don't believe we really give a shit. And in our investment in this thing is not what it once was. And that's why you have 600 injuries in the NFL this year, 42 last week alone. Uh, we don't have the investment. Our bodies don't look nothing like they did when we played. Uh, they, they get more money than we ever did. And yet they've yet to produce anything. Lamar Jackson, what's he won? Nothing. Deshaun Watson, what's he won? Nothing. Kyler Murray, what's he done? Nothing. Uh, but yet they're $200 million man. And what do they want? I, I don't understand it. What can they do? They, they, they falter every single game when it comes to crunch time, every single season when it comes to the playoff, every single game that, that you, you have to make a big-time throw, you, you choke. And I'm like, what are we paying these dudes for? And I don't believe the team really cares about helping their quarterback, their leader, et cetera. I don't believe they're, 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 the players are on the same page because of the investment. And I just think that uh, it's, a, it's a shit show, man. I'll be honest. Football is bad. Football is bad right now. I, I, it's hard to watch for me, to be honest with you. It's very, really hard to watch. But – I'm going to go with the OGs and, and Rodgers and Brady and, fig, and think they get this thing figured out. And uh, I'm be honest, man. I got a couple inside people, man, players and coaches at a couple of these places. And Brady is, is not – it's not Giselle. It's not the family stuff. It is the players, the kids, the youth, these young kids don't give a shit. And I'm just telling you right now, I'm not going to tell you no names, but that is what's – eating him alive and he's damn near my age man there's no way i could be out there with these kids i'll choke fuck all of them man uh i mean it's a great point because i would never question the passion of the heart of brady or rogers we know why they're out there but i mean when when you get the packers trading away his bet you know rogers best receiver and Devontae adams and uh you know tom brady with Without Gronk, uh, you know, who seemed to be, you know, his his go-to guy for all those years too. I mean, there, there's there's clearly a disconnect there. I mean, it's it's not what these guys signed up for. Yeah, it's 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 a it's 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 bad, man. It's a bad deal. I don't know if I, first of all, Rogers has been totally fucked. Like he should have demanded a trade, but yet he's an old school cat, JUCO guy, by the way. Ironically, both of these guys are talking about the California guys. One of them is a JUCO guy from the same area, actually. Uh, it's really ironic that we got these guys demanding trades who have not busted a grape in a fruit fight, but yet they demand trades. NBA guys, Kyrie, James Harden. Guys that have really done nothing in the NFL, 
You got these guys that have done nothing, demanding trades because they don't like that they're not getting the ball. They're not liking this or that. Robbie Anderson and all these different people. They haven't done shit. Aaron Rodgers has three MVPs, two in a row, has made receivers that are absolutely atrocious better. And uh, to be honest, he hasn't demanded a trade. He, they talked about it. We brought it up last year and all that shit, but he didn't. I would be demanding a trade if I was Aaron Rodgers. They have absolutely fucked him on that roster. The O-line is atrocious. Bakhtinari is never – he hasn't played. He's not going to play. Just say fucking get the fuck out of here. I'm tired of looking at you because you're a fucking joke. I'm tired of seeing him on Pat McAfee's show talk about he's going to be back next week. No, he's not. He's a fucking joke. He's not able to play. So go get you a left tackle. And then go get you some fucking receivers because you have fucked us without any receivers, to be honest with you. And you, 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 you drafted a Jordan Love who's atrocious. You have zero wideouts and you trade your best one away. So, like, I'm very confused, but that is the grit and grind that we grew up in, man. We're going to say we're loyal to our guys. We're going to stick it out. Da, 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 da. I'm predicting that Aaron Rodgers finishes his career back home, either in Frisco or the Raiders. Uh, he, he's a California native. I would not be surprised if he finished his career in one of those places and uh, tries to go get a Super Bowl from one of those guys. Because right now, I'd be trying to get out of there. They're not helping them. The whiteouts are atrocious, man. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, when you look at the league, right now it seems like the top three teams are the Eagles, the Bills, the Chiefs, and then kind of everyone else after that. Do you see a team being able to compete with those other three there at some point, or do you think it's those three than everybody else? If the Rams get healthy uh, – and can figure it out. They've got the DNA. Uh, they they have a coach that's been there twice, won one. Uh, they got a quarterback that won one year one. They got a corner and a D diamond that can lock you down and get to the pass uh, passer uh, better than anybody else if they are on their A game. Wagner and that linebacker court can can get better. They can solidify that and get healthy on the back row that, and get a running back. I think I predict the Rams probably trade Kareem Hunt or trade for Kareem Hunt or one of these other guys. They got to get a running back in there. Uh, some things are going to happen before this trade deadline. Trade deadline. So I think that'll happen. I think the Rams can do it uh, if they can get healthy. I just don't know if their roster depth is enough. Uh, I think their roster is front loaded. I don't know if they have a real deep roster. Uh, Buccaneers, obviously, they have a loaded roster as far as uh, front loaded. I don't know if their depth is there either. Um and can they get their center Jensen back and they can, can they protect Brady? Um, that's where, you know, that's an obvious team that can do some things. And then uh, you still have a team, man, that I, I predicted on my, my show, obviously with the weirdo Russell Wilson led Denver Broncos. Uh, their defense is top three in the NFL still right now. And they're and I don't understand. I've never seen a defense this good. And they're just that bad on offense. Um that defense travels, though, and if the Broncos can figure it out, they're not out of it yet. And uh, I don't know if the Chargers are out of it yet either as far as roster-wise. And the Raiders are in a, got a roster to compete, but their quarterback's not a player, in my opinion. So the Chargers, the Rams, the Bucks, uh, those are some guys that can be possibilities. Uh, the Colts shit the bed. I, I thought they'd be better. Um, and then uh, in the NFC – you know, in the AFC North, uh, you know, the Ravens, just, I don't believe Lamar can win uh, in a big game. I just don't think he's uh, sustainable at what he does. 
and Cleveland's a shit show. I think uh, I don't think Deshaun plays at all. So that Cleveland team who has a loaded roster, I don't think you're ever going to see their full capabilities. And then, uh, you know, the Giants and the Jets are are, 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 are are good stories. I don't think their roster is good enough to compete with any of those teams in the long run. And Jalen Hurts still scares me. Uh, I don't know if he's consistent enough to get those that Eagle team uh, on a deep playoff run. And uh, I'm just curious. But the NFC is really, really bad. So uh, we'll see, man. I don't know. Can Dak lead the Dallas Cowboys back? Uh, I don't think so, but that's just me. I think the NFC is as bad as we've seen it in a while. Uh, the AFC West, we thought, was the best conference of all time, apparently, and all this old shit. That's why we're so quick to anoint things. It's unbelievable. Uh, they actually have been average at best. And uh, you got the AFC East with uh, a quarterback controversy in New England that has actually looked better than we ever thought they would, with the Jets being uh, emerged, uh, emerging as a uh, – contender and dolphins when two is healthy is undefeated so like it's ironic how this thing's all worked out but at the end of the day i don't believe the nfl's good top to bottom i think it's really really watered down and i don't know i think anyone can beat anyone on any given sunday and until josh allen can beat mahomes in a meaningful football game i'm not picking the bills and until mahomes can win in a meaningful football game late in the game make throws that into the teeth of the defense i'm not picking the chiefs and if Burrow continues on the path he's shown the last two weeks, what looks like he did last year, Bengals could be back in it and everyone's going to shut the hell up because they'd be like, what the hell happened here? And uh, Burrow and Chase are back looking like they're Super Bowl contenders once again. And now, now you're going to have that debate. So who knows, man? It's going to be interesting. The NFC is wide open. I don't know who comes out of that. Um, but again, the AFC, you don't really know because if the Bengals can do some things, they can be right back in there in the thick of things as well. Yeah, certainly could. Uh, let's move on and uh, talk some college football now. Uh, I'm very curious with, with somebody that coached at the college level like yourself and seeing that the way the game's changed. I, I wonder how much longer you think, JB, we're going to see the Nick Sabans of the world and those others stay around this NIL era and transfer portal and all that. I mean, that that's a whole lot for the, these coaches to, to, to take on. It's a the college game has changed so much just within the last couple of years here. Yeah. I'd be surprised if Saban coaches another two years, man. I think he's over it. I think he's done with this. The portal and everything is killing his vibe. I think he's just like, you know, we can't coach hard anymore. You can't, you can't tell the kid what you want to tell them in recruiting because they're so soft. They won't come. So now you're, I think you're seeing coaches lie even more than they ever lied before, which they used to lie like crazy. Now they're lying like unbelievably. And then they're getting the kid, and then the kid walks on campus, the coach walks by him, he's in the transfer portal because he didn't say hello to him. I mean, this is the fucking soft shit we're dealing with nowadays. So I don't know if Saban can handle that. Um, and I don't know. I've I got good friends coaching at that level, man. I just There's a lot of guys that are ready to absolutely figure out what they want to do in life because this is not it. And the NIL, the transfer portal, has absolutely ruined – uh, college football. I think it's imploding in front of our very eyes. College football is as bad as I've ever seen it. Uh, it is a, it is a upward trending deal, uh, high school to college to the pros, which usually we see the pros go downwards to college and high school. I've never seen it trending upwards. Uh, we see 
kids leaving high schools, going to other high schools. We see kids leaving the transfer portal and going to other colleges four and four years. And now you're seeing NFL guys demanding trades under contract. So in essence, it's another transfer portal type of situation because they dealt with it in college themselves. So it is a bad situation all across. You know, when Appalachian State can go in and beat AM, uh, when Marshall can beat Notre Dame, and when all these teams basically can just beat any given week, you can beat anyone. People think that's equitable. College football is good. Anyone can win. No, it's actually really fucking shitty. And go watch it. If you don't know anything about football, then you would say it's good. But if you know anything, it's absolutely the worst product I've seen in 40 years. And college football is as bad, man, as I've ever seen it. Because you have – people don't really break it down, man. You have all these different philosophies and ideologies um, semester by semester. You don't have teams culture no more. You don't have recruits for four years no more. You have everyone else's recruits on your roster every spring. And you wonder why we're injury prone. You wonder why we're at an all-time high as far as injuries go. You wonder why tackling is so bad in college football. You wonder why so many injuries are occurring because of tackling. Well, guess what? If Jimbo Fisher's philosophy on tackling uh, was this, and you leave and enter the portal and you go to Oregon, guess what? Dan Lanning's philosophy is a completely different one. And you just learned two different philosophies on how to tackle. And guess what? When you leave and you go to Notre Dame, guess what? Now you got Marcus Freeman's philosophy on tackling. So now how good do you really think some team is total is going to really be like you're learning fucking three or four philosophies and there is no culture anymore. You have a hundred, you have 72,000 kids in the portal. So where is your culture? Where is your locker room camaraderie? Where are the intricacies that once were so intimate in a locker room setting? They don't exist no more. These dudes right. are taking videos on airplanes after they lose in the final four, talking about we're entering the transfer portal next already. So, man, it's sickening to watch. It is an absolute joke. And I don't really want no part of it, dog. I couldn't coach these fucking kids. Man, you know, I, I look at it, uh, JB, and – you know, the, the, the crossover that there's some great coaches when it comes to recruiting that are great recruiters. And then there's some great you know, player development coaches, but there's very few, I think coaches out there right now, the college side that have the player development side and the recruiting side that, that work together. I mean, that is, that is far and few between right now. That's, that's, I think one, one problem why you can't get that, culture established is that some of these coaches are uh all they want to do is recruit they don't want to develop talent here they don't um you don't have that because all right now all it is is a car salesman trying to sell a car to a kid to get him in there it's the keeping up with the joneses that's all this is right now and you wonder why football and quarterback plays at an all-time low in the nfl is because in college all you're trying to do is kiss their asses so they don't transfer on you uh, get them to play for you, keep your job so you can get your next bag, so to speak, as a coach, your next paycheck, and then not get fired. And then we're going to teach tempo, no huddle, look to the sideline for cards for plays instead of teaching them verbiage, protections, and fronts. And then get to the NFL, man. You're a great athlete. Go on to the NFL and then throw them to the wolves. 
And guess what? You taught them absolutely diddly shit. They can't even take a snap under center. And you get them to the NFL, and these NFL teams are so bad because of over the past few years, it's the quarterback play is so bad that we're just tra- recycling them. And then you get to this new team, and you have to be a Desmond Ritter or a Kenny Pickett or a Justin Fields. You have to start right away. And you're not even close to being ready to start in the four-year level, a little less start in the NFL level. Ask Trey Lance how that's going. So, like, this is what it is. Like, we're continuing to see these cats coming, thrown to the wolves, and expect them to run an NFL offense with verbiage this long, and they know this much. Yeah. Tell me if that makes sense or not. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Uh, JB, a couple more things, and then we'll uh, wrap up here. Uh, th- this year, we've se- it seems like we've seen more parity in uh, college football, you know, whether it's, Tennessee beating Alabama, you know, Georgia's up there, Ohio State. Who are some of the teams you like? Uh, who do you see as being the uh, the true threats to, to win it all this year? Parity is because it's shitty. Football's shitty. That's why. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I think Saban's culture still is ingrained in that institution for another least this year. Uh, I don't know if they unfold soon, though. I can see them. But they lose a game here and there every year for the most part, and uh, they'll come back. I think Alabama's still going to be in it at the end of the day. Uh, I'm going to roll with the guy that's just run, been running college football for the last 15 years uh, since Pete Carroll left to the NFL. So I'm going to roll with Alabama getting back to it. I think Clemson has an easier road than anyone else. They'll probably get in just because they're scheduled. Ohio State, Michigan, whoever wins that will be in it. And then that fourth team is either going to be the second SEC, Georgia, or – uh, you know, Tennessee, I believe whoever wins that game is going to be in as a fourth uh, one or a two loss team will still get in on that deal. I think uh, a one loss big 10 or a big 12 team will not uh, TC is going to have to run the table. And I don't think PAC 12 gets a team in at all. Uh, they, they screwed that up UCLA last week to Oregon. So even if Oregon won out that first game getting blocked up by uh, Georgia, I don't think, uh, I think it's going to be, since it was a national game in Atlanta on a neutral site, I think the committee's going to say, nah, uh, even though you won 11 in a row, we're, we're good. And so that's going to be the Pac-12's only hope at this point after beating UCLA. So uh, Ohio State, Michigan is going to come down to that game. And uh, I don't believe Illinois can beat either one of them. Obviously, they're doing well. Billimus has them rolling, but they're not going to beat any one of those teams. And so uh, at the end of the day, look at the rest of the teams, man. They're just very bad, very bad. Michigan State. Pay the guy ten million dollars. He's fucking atrocious. He's ruined. He's ruined two football programs in two years. Colorado and Michigan State. Uh, figure that. Go figure that one. Um, you're paying him ten million though. Jimbo Fisher is an absolute fucking joke. He has a team that has guys getting smoking weed in the locker room right before kickoff. Uh, you're talking about a guy that's lost a team there, but you get ten million dollars. Um, I mean, this is what we are. And, 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 and shame on you, presidents and ADs at four-year level. You guys are fucking idiots. Go take your PhDs and wipe your ass with them because that's what they're good for. Because you can't hire a coach. You can't hire an AD. You can't fire a coach. You can't fire an AD. You need a search committees to do it for you. And shame on you. Why did you go to college and get a fucking PhD? Because it's not that hard to figure out that you're not very smart and you don't need a search committee to hire a coach for your kids on your campus. You need to find a guy that has an investment 
that wants to be on your campus, not that needs to be on your campus. And that is why you're seeing these colleges fold like Nebraska, Florida State, Miami, Florida, uh, the old perennial powerhouses that we used to see are now a joke because of the hiring process. It's a recyclable business. We keep hiring guys that were fucking lost at the previous institution. And because they have a, bad, a big name, we think they're the next guy. No, they're, absolutely, they're really shitty. And you just are a commercialized joke with a PhD degree. And that's what the real truth is. But nobody will say that shit. But I will. Um, hey, that's why we love you here, JB. We're going to have to have you back on again, man. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Just went by so quick. Uh, I, I got to tell you, JB, the, the way you keep it real and, and still come off motivating, too, I mean – we, we, we got to get you to like run for office or something, man. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you keep it 100. I love it, man. Oh yeah. You know, that, we're too soft for that brother. <laughs> I wouldn't mind it. We're too soft. <laughs> JB, uh, where can people find your show and uh, follow all the stuff you're doing, man? Now, right here, the coach JB show right here on YouTube. Uh, we're, we're five days a week, man. Six to 9 AM on the West coast, nine to noon on the East coast. Um, and, uh, you know, 10 to one in the central, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're there every day. We're uh, at on Twitter, social media, TikTok, you name it. We're all over that shit. And uh, coachjbstore.com, you can get you some merch. And uh, we got a bunch, of mar- a bunch of merch on there. And then my cigars will be on the same website, coachjbstore.com. And uh, like I said, me and uh, we'll be announcing another thing tomorrow, but me and a very, uh, very popular individual will be doing a uh, – a show that I'm going to call last chance Q and I'm going to be breaking down quarterback play uh, in the NFL with a former NFL quarterback uh, twice a week on our own little show. So that'll be announced tomorrow. We'll be breaking that down and getting into that too. So we got a lot going on, a lot of things in the fire, a lot of, a lot of uh, sticks in the fire, man. So, uh, Hey, Jack all trades, but fuck master of none, they say. So we got to see what we are going to master in this deal at the end of the day. I love it. JB, appreciate the time, man. Thanks for joining us. We'll uh, talk in down the line. All right, brother. Peace. Time for Coach Bo's Football Fix, presented by O'Connor Advisory Group. You can go to O'ConnorAdvisoryGroup.com, O-H-E-K-S.com for more information. You can also check out O'Connor Advisory Group on Facebook. And Coach Bo joins us right now. Bo, uh, how are we doing this week? Hey, we're doing good, Tyler. How's everything going with you? Very well, very well. You having a better week than Kanye? Oh, what? I think everybody's having a better week than Kanye. I did not get kicked out of the Skechers corporate headquarters. That's what you mean. <laughs> Big, if true. <laughs> I hear the legend is on with us today. And today I got to get on here with both you and the legend. Yes. Yeah. He's muted, but I hear he's on with us today. Yes. Uh, somebody showed up today. Thomas Bridges, are you there? Maybe he's not there. Hmm. Okay, so he is here. Yes. Uh, Glad to have you with us, Thomas. Uh, (laughs) On the slate of games this week, Bo, uh, the college side of things uh, starts with number two, Ohio State, taking on number 13, Penn State. Ohio State, a 15 and a half point favorite. Number 19, Kentucky, taking on number three, Tennessee. Tennessee favored by 12 and a half. Number nine, Oklahoma State taking on number 22, K-State. K-State, a favorite at home by one and a half. Notre Dame facing Syracuse. Syracuse favored by three at home. Number 20, Cincinnati taking on UCF. Cincy favored by one on the road. 
In the NFL, the Packers take on the Bills. The Bills favored by 10.5. The Ravens and the Bucks. the Ravens favored by 1.5 on Thursday night football on the road. Giants take on the Seahawks. Seahawks favored by three at home. Meanwhile, the Cardinals face the Vikings. Vikings favored by three and a half at home. And then the 49ers take on the Rams in L.A. Will be a home game, though, for the Niners based on how they uh, take over SoFi uh, every time with uh, the Niners favored by one and a half. So, Bo, let's go ahead and get started with the college games here. Ohio State and Penn State. Ohio State favored by 15 and a half. Is that too many points for the Buckeyes? You know, I want to say yes, but I think Ohio State's the best team in the country. Um, Penn State has played better the last couple of weeks, but I don't think they're in Ohio State's class, and they don't have their offensive production against bad teams is pretty good, but against good teams it hasn't been great. So I'm going to take Ohio State because they can put up numbers like pretty much nobody else right now, and it's a lot of points, but I'm going I'm to roll with it. Okay, so you like uh, Ohio State. I'm going to go with Ohio State as well here. I don't think Penn State's that great. James Franklin is not that great of a coach. He's a great recruiter, but not a great in-game coach. I like Ohio State, and I like Ohio State big. Take care of business here and expose Penn State here. How about you, Tom? Yeah, I like Ohio State too. I'm not a believer in Penn State. And, uh, you know, Ohio State, so far, so good. They, You know, they've had some bumps in the road, uh, but – Nothing that was going to derail that train, and it's not going to be Penn State. Uh, 19 Kentucky taking on Tennessee. Tennessee favored by 12 and a half. Both the odds makers finally showing some respect for the Vols with uh, being a double-digit favorite here. Yeah, I think this has to do a little bit also with Will Levis isn't 100%. He's back, but he's not 100%. He played last week. Didn't play great, but it was good enough to win. Um I just think this is going to be a little bit of a, of a second-half track meet, and Tennessee is going to be out in front for a while. So give me Tennessee here. Yeah, yeah, I like Tennessee here. That offense is the best offense in the country right now. Um, Hooker's playing phenomenal. Um, I'll, I'll go with Tennessee to uh, win and cover that margin. How about you, Tom? Yeah, Hooker is playing too, too good right now, and, you know, I – Tennessee's on a roll. I don't see Kentucky um, getting them off track by any means. All right. So we're all in agreement. Three, uh, six for six so far across the board here. Uh, Ohio State, or not Ohio State, Oklahoma State, rather, taking on uh, Kansas State. The uh, Wildcats, a one and a half point favorite at home here. Ball, what do you think about, uh, about this matchup? Uh, pretty fascinating between the two. Yeah. So I, Oklahoma is the better team. And I've gone and gone back and forth. We know two weeks ago I was like Oklahoma State can run the table and they can go to the they can go to the playoff. Then they promptly lose to TCU. And then I thought, well, okay, they had the letdown, they lost, they're gonna let down, and, and Texas is gonna beat them. And Oklahoma State played really well in that game. They did not let off. I don't think they let off again. I think they're a good team. I think they're gonna be a good team. So I'm going back on the on the Oklahoma State wagon. I'm going to take Oklahoma State in a game. I think they're going to win outright. So give me Oklahoma State. Yeah, I think Oklahoma State's a better team here. And, uh, you know, K-State, you have to – if you can contain Deuce Vaughn to an extent, which I think this Oklahoma State team can do, they can slow him down to an extent. 
then you should be able to win. I like Oklahoma State to win and cover uh, outright here. How about you, Tom? Yeah, I like OSU as well. Uh, no surprise. But, you know, said last week I would have probably picked Texas considering the number of injuries that OSU had, and, and they still have. Uh, but K-State's pretty banged up too. I will actually be at this game um, leaving on Friday. Me and Billy are going to Manhattan. So should be an interesting one, and it is K-State's homecoming. But, you know, if I had to pick another fan base in the Big 12 that is uh, cool enough to get along with, it is K-State. So, uh, it, you know, it'll be – we'll like them until the game starts, and then we'll like them after the game either way. So – uh, go Pokes. All right. Uh, so you give some love to K-State, the, uh, the the redheaded stepchild of uh, the state of Kansas that wishes they were KU, but nonetheless. Um, I, I can talk smack now, uh, which is nice, about, about KU and K-State finally in football. I've been waiting for this one. Uh, Notre Dame and Syracuse. Syracuse favored by three. Syracuse having a heck of a season. Almost got Clemson last week. Bo, what do you think about this matchup here? What I wonder here is the size advantage. Notre Dame has been able to bully some teams this year. So, yeah, I look at this game, and Syracuse played so well last week against Clemson. They should have beaten Clemson. They had them down most of the game. Clemson came back late and won. Notre Dame is a bigger, stronger team who's actually played better on the road this season than they have at home. I'm going to take Notre Dame plus the three here. I went back and forth in this game for a while. I don't know how good I think Syracuse is. This is going to be a test. I could go either way. But when I went back and looked, Notre Dame has played tough teams on the road and played well in all those games. I'm going to take Notre Dame. Notre Dame uh, and Syracuse, really good matchup here. Uh, Sneaky good game here. Bo, uh, Syracuse has covered in every game this year. Um, Notre Dame might win outright, but I'm going to keep riding the wave here. I'm going to go with Syracuse to uh, cover that three-point margin and uh, get the win against Notre Dame. Very close contest. I think it comes down to the end, but I'll go with Syracuse to get it done at home. How about you, Tom? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Syracuse as well. Uh, you know, it's – it's uh kind of a thing in college football that the orange teams uh, across America are doing well, and I think that continues. Give me Syracuse. Cincinnati and UCF. Cincinnati, a one-point favorite against UCF here. Bo, ever since the loss to Arkansas, since he's kind of turned a corner here and in a rebuilding year for them as well, trying to replace the likes of you know Desmond Ritter and Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant and those guys, uh, Cincinnati's kind of found their stride here as of late. Yeah, and, you know, the American Conference has got three good teams this year, Cincinnati, UCF, and Tulane. Yeah, and UCF's uh, playing good. Yeah, UCF's been playing great. They're 5-2 and two and they've been playing well. Um, I'm going to take Cincy here. I mean, one point, you're basically betting it's not going to tie. Um, I think Cincy's the better team, and I think this sets up for a matchup in three weeks of Cincy versus uh, Tulane. It's going to be a real – I mean – that's going to be one that's probably for the conference championship in a bowl game or a big-time bowl game. Um, but I like Cincy here. I think UCF keeps it close, but give me Cincy. I'll go with uh, Cincinnati as well for the very same reasons you said here. Going to be a good football game, but Cincinnati just more talented as far as I'm concerned. And 
I'll take Luke Fickle over Gus Malzahn any day, personally. Uh, Tom, uh, you get to wrap us up here in college here. Cincinnati or UCF? Yeah, you guys kind of covered it all. I'll go with the Skyline Chili and Luke Fickle as well. Okay, so there you go. Tom and I in complete agreement on uh, college games this week. To the NFL we go. Packers and Bills. The Bills favored by 10.5. Bo, uh, we were talking with Jason Brown earlier, and he said this is pretty much a must-win game for the Packers in uh, their situation. 10.5-point underdogs here. Aaron Rodgers and company really have their backs against the wall here going to Buffalo. Okay, so every week, I look at the spread for the Buffalo game, and I go, how the hell are they going to cover that many points? This isn't college football, and they're getting college. Yeah, it's not college. You're not going to swing them by 21, but they beat the Steelers by 35. They beat the Titans by 34. Uh, They beat the Rams earlier this year by 21. They've had some some closer games, the game at Baltimore. That was their smallest spread. And then they went to Kansas City and covered. Right. And in Miami, the game that they lost, they were very shorthanded. It was, yeah. And it was a close, I mean, we knew that wasn't going to be a close game. I think the Packers are in a lot of trouble. I I don't think Rodgers is playing particularly well. And he's got nobody to give the ball to. Most importantly, they just refuse to run the football. And they're in a lot of trouble. So I'm going to take Buffalo and lay 10 and a half. I wouldn't personally bet this, but for the pick segment, I'll take Buffalo. You know, um, everything tells me I should take Buffalo in this game, but double-digit spreads against a Hall of Fame quarterback and Aaron Rodgers like that, Bo, that's just a bit of a bridge too far for me. I got to go with Green Bay. I think Buffalo wins. But ten and a half against Aaron Rodgers, I, I, I feel like Vegas is trying to bite me into that, trying to pull me in there. Um, I like Buffalo to win, but ten and a half is too much for me against Aaron Rodgers. So I'll go Green Bay to cover. Tom, who do you got? You know, I like what Bo had to say. Uh, you know, Buffalo's had some big wins and they're capable. And to me, you know, just over the past couple of weeks, Aaron Rodgers, and I, I think it's because he doesn't have a true number one wide receiver and. You know, I don't know why they're not handing the ball off to Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon or, you know, that usage is baffling. Aaron Rodgers just seems like he's just uninterested. You know, I, I, I him and Tom Brady both, um, you know, it's is it time to hang it up for Aaron Rodgers? Is it, you know, am I prisoner of the moment? So, you know, he wouldn't have to hang it up per se, but he seems uninterested. He seems like he's ready to do shrooms in the offseason. I will go ahead and take the Buffalo Bills to cover ten and a half. Okay. I will, like Bo, though, I wouldn't touch this game with real money. Ravens taking on the Bucks on Thursday night football. The Ravens are a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road here. Bo, both these teams uh, have been disappointing. They have not played up to their hype and expectations this year. Uh, the Ravens cannot close out football games. The Bucks have lost games that they had no business losing here. Uh, somebody's going to come out of this game with uh, with a little uh, momentum of some sorts here with, uh, you know, after the way things have gone, somebody's going to feel a lot better about themselves. It ain't going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They just can't flat score points. I mean, Brady's terrible. I said on my podcast, he might be one of the worst three or four quarterbacks in the league right now. 
I mean, I know he's got big, uh, big yard stats, but this offense can't run the football at all. They refuse to. I think I looked this past week. They ran the ball last week like nine times, and they let Brady throw it 45. If they're going to do that, they're not going to win. They're not going to have a chance. I'm going to take the Ravens and lay one and a half, and I'll probably double up at halftime on this because the Bucks are not good if they don't run the football. And Tom Brady, father time is undefeated, and he's got Brady in the corner throwing body blows into him right now. You know, I cover I cover the Ravens. I watch this team every week. And this team's got so many problems when it comes to closing out games. They're on the road. They're taking on Tom Brady on a short week that has a chip on his shoulder, something to prove here. To, I, I can't bet against Tom in this situation. I, I got to go with, uh, with Tampa Bay. Uh, I can see this either way, but this feels like a trap for me. I'm not, I'm not falling for this. I'll take the veteran. Uh, I can't, I can't trust Baltimore right now to, to close out games. So I'll go with Tampa to cover that uh, that one and a half point underdog margin. Tom, who do you got? Here's the thing with the way the Bucks are playing. Uh, you know, you mentioned the Ravens have trouble closing out games. I, I think I think it's going to be so far ahead that they're not going to have to per se close out the game. The Bucks are terrible. I've seen a stat that that they're like the worst rushing team in the NFL this season so far in like the last 25 years or something. Oh, I, I don't quote me on that. There is There was something that came out that they were like the worst rushing team in the NFL so far during the season in the last however many years. Um, I, I think the Ravens could put them away. I don't, I don't think there's going to have to be any closing out to happen. Uh, Brady's mind is in a different place. That's all the shit's happening with him. Okay. So uh, you two have the Ravens. I'll take the Bucks. Giants and Seahawks. Seattle favored by three at home. Bo, these two teams probably the biggest surprises of the NFL season so far. Yeah, I think these two are probably the biggest surprises. I think yeah, I think you're on to that. Um, I gotta tell you, I up until the last, I don't know how much I believed in the Giants. I watched a lot of their game last week. I kind of believe in this team. Their defense is pretty good. They run the football, and I think Saquon Barkley is like a top five MVP candidate right now. I'm going to take the Giants and get take the points against Seattle. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Seattle here. I love their offense. Geno Smith is an MVP candidate right now. Um, they can put up a lot of points. I don't know if the Giants can hang with Seattle offensively. That defense is getting a lot better as well. I'll take a Seattle at home to a win and cover that three-point margin. Tom, who do you got? Yeah, this is probably one of the most surprising matchups. If you would have told me we would have been picking this game as a prime-time type situation game at the beginning of the season, I would have laughed. But uh, you know what? For the sake of the matter, I I, I kind of, as much as I hate the Seahawks, they're like my second you know, hated team other than Dallas. Um, I'm going to probably have to ride with the Sea Chickens here as well. Uh, at home, you know, I, I kind of like what the Seahawks, I like Geno Smith, you know, this team, if they would have started Drew Locke would have not been in this position. I like Geno Smith in, more than I do Daniel Jones. I I agree with that too. And I think that Geno Smith has been extremely efficient and I think that he's gonna, he's had a great season. 
I just think this is I think this is gonna be a lot lower scoring than people think and a close game. I can see it going either way for sure. Yeah, I could go either way. It's uh there's some talent in this game. I mean, Kenneth Walker looks phenomenal. Saquon's back to his old form. Uh, you know, Tariq Wallen's been excellent as far as uh on the defensive side for Seattle here. This is a sneaky good game. Gonna be a lot of fun for sure. Uh the Cardinals and the Vikings. Minnesota favored by three and a half here. Bo, uh, the Vikings, uh, we talk about surprise teams. They got the win week one against Green Bay, and that was a, a big wake-up call. But credit to Kevin O'Connell. I mean, he looks a lot better as a head coach than Mike Zimmer. He's he's done a hell of a job with this Vikings team so far. Yeah, and I keep thinking that – I do. I, every week I keep thinking, well, you know, it's going to catch up to him because Kirk Cousins is their quarterback. And he's played efficiently. They run the football. You know, they are sitting at five and one. They're coming off a bye. I, I like the Vikings here, and I think the Vikings cover. Okay. Uh, I like the uh, Vikings here, too. I like Kevin O'Connell a lot better than I do. Cliff Kingsbury's a head coach. The Vikings, they're humming right now. They got some momentum, they're, they're playing well on both sides. Only loss right now is to the best team in the league, the Philadelphia Eagles. So, with that, uh, I'll take a Minnesota here. Tom, who do you got? Yeah, and Arizona has not been good at all. You know, last season, Arizona starts off 7-0, 8-0, something like that. And this year, they have just not. You know, Cardinals do have DeAndre Hopkins back. He had a pretty good opening game to his season last week. Uh, just not going to be able to get a job done against the Vikings, though. All right, last game, 49ers and Rams. 49ers favored by one and a half. And Christian McCaffrey should be a complete full go. He was kind of limited in his role last week. Now he ex- they expect him to be uh, with everything ready to go here. Bo, what do you think? All right, so this is the game that I had not made a pick on yet. It was I literally have made all my picks. This one I hadn't done yet. I knew we'd go last, and I was like, oh, no. I don't believe in the 49ers. And I believe in their defense. Christian McCaffrey's a great ad. I don't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. And last week, the Chiefs showed that you can score points against them. But it isn't just that they they scored points. The Falcons did two weeks ago. But the Rams have been bad offensively. I mean, really bad. And I just don't know which way to go. I'm going to take the Rams, but I'm taking the Rams because they're a home dog. It's the only reason. I really don't have a good feeling. really a home team here, though. That's going to be a Niners home game. I don't know. You're probably right in that, maybe. But traditionally, home dogs, I think that the spread is showing that the Niners are going to have a pretty good crowd. I'm taking the Rams. The Rams are a team that they can get right. If you look, they're only a half game back of the 49ers. And I just think you can score some points here. The, the Rams could use this game, bounce into the next three, and you can see them in first place. Yeah. Their next three, they are the, the Bucks, the Cardinals, the Saints. If they can run four in a row off here, you go from three and three to seven and three. I'm taking the Rams. I'm not real confident in it, but I'm taking the Rams. I'm going with uh, the Niners in this game here. I think the Niners are the better team right now. Uh, both teams are 
fought and have a ways to go, but the Niners, as of late, have really held their own against the Rams as well. I'll go with the Niners here. Tom, you going with your team? Uh, you know, I would normally go with the Niners here because of the Rams' kryptonite, but uh, at least in the regular season, that is. But, you know, I'll go with the Rams here. They're coming off the bye week. They get Troy Hill back. They're getting Van Jefferson for the first time, which should open up the passing game a little bit more. Uh, you know, coming off a bye, uh, you know, I like what Sean McVay has done and still can do. And, uh, you know, I think he's the, the next coming of, uh, or even better, obviously, than Mike Martz. He's the new mad scientist. I will, uh, I'll take the Rams. Okay. So there's our picks against the spread this week. Let's go ahead and uh, dive right into the headlines. Bo, let's start with the NFL. Robert Quinn headed to Philadelphia. The Eagles already the best team in the NFL, the last undefeated left and the rich get richer. Howie Roseman is a hell of a GM. We've said that for a long time. I love how aggressive this Philadelphia team is that they're already good and they still find a way to get better here. The Eagles yeah. are going all in. Yeah, and the and the deal they made was a good deal. I mean, it was like a fourth round pick. Yeah. And they don't have to pay any of the salary. I mean, it's amazing because in the preseason, if there were there were teams talking about trying to trade for Robert Griffin and it was going to cost them a, a number one. Right. And so to me, I looked at it and I just, and it, when I saw the trade happen, I went and saw the terms and I went, are you kidding me? The Bears didn't get anything. I mean, it's, this is, this is a, we just aren't going to pay him moving forward kind of deal. And it's a terrible deal for the, for the Bears. For the Eagles, it's a great pickup. It's, hey, we're going to be in the league. We're in a league. We're the team. Everybody's coming and gunning for us. We're going to get in a couple of shootouts. We need a pass rusher. This is like last year, um, the Rams grabbing Vaughn Miller. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I don't, I don't think Robert Quinn's Vaughn Miller, but he ain't too far off. He's a really high quality pass rusher. And I, yeah, this is a steal for the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, I think so. Do you, do you, do you see anybody getting in the Eagles' way in the NFC now? I mean, they were already the best team. Now they, they just even add to it. I mean, boring an injury of some sorts, I mean, you have to go through Philadelphia if you're going to get out of the NFC. You know, I was talking about it a week ago when the Cowboys were playing the Eagles, that they didn't rush Dak back for that game. And I was I thought it was important for the Cowboys to rush Dak back for that game. Because you couldn't afford to lose that game and be and have still have one more with them and be two games back. The Cowboys are the one team I think's talented enough. Their defense is playing so well and their run game is so good. But to answer your question, no, I don't think anyone that's running through Philly, and I don't see Philly at six and zero. They got 11 games to go. They go 500, they're going to go, they're going to be the number one seed. Yeah. I mean, they go. They can go 500 and do that. I think they're the, the Super Bowl favorite in the NFC. This just makes them better. And I don't see a team in the NFC right now that's even on their level. Not at the Packers with, with Aaron Rodgers. Who, I mean, we all know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers. The guy's one of the greats of all time. The Bucs, they've got Brady. They're not catching him. 
And when you look, I mean, the Vikings are the next best get, um, uh, record, the Vikings and the Giants. But we really don't know how good the Giants are. They're going to play the Eagles in a couple of weeks. We'll see how that goes. And the Vikings, I'm just not confident that they're there with their quarterback play. Yeah. Give me the Eagles. I, I I like the Eagles in the NFC. They were the team that we were talking preseason that I really liked. They've shown me everything I wanted to see. And, man, Jalen Hurts, to me, is right now the runner-up for the MVP. Yeah. I was voting right now. He'd be my number two. Behind? Josh Allen. Okay. Yeah. I'd have Mahomes three. Yeah. I'd have Mahomes three, and then my fourth one would be Saquon Barkley. Okay. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, speaking of trades and everything, we haven't talked since the Christian McCaffrey trade went down. Yeah. Um, obviously a big pickup for that 49ers team to add an all pro running back like McCaffrey, but with the injury issues, he's already suffered and the money that he still owed. I mean, I look at it and yes, they, did they get better? Absolutely. No question about it, but the cost that they paid, did they give up too much for McCaffrey here? They gave up a decent number of draft capital for an aging running back here. I don't think they gave up too much. I, I thought that the Panthers would get a, get a first-rounder for them. But I'm surprised they didn't. I, and, it's, and it has to do with the injuries piece the last two seasons. But I um, – and it, he's more valuable to the 49ers because of the 49ers' the run game, their run-first offense – they're one of the few teams that have this. We kind of mentioned this a couple weeks ago how I think that unless you've got one of those top-tier quarterbacks, you really need to have that balance and you yeah. need to be able to run the ball. And the 49ers don't have – they have one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. So they're going to have to run the football, but they happen to have one of the best offensive lines in football. And they have a really good defense. So McCaffrey gives them – an anchor at running back. It gives him a really great running back as long as he's healthy. It gives him someone you can be creative with as well. I think it was a good trade. And frankly, I thought the 49ers got a deal on, on the whole thing. When you yeah. also look at their salary cap situation, Garoppolo took that big pay cut this year. He's off the books next year. And your other quarterback is Trey Lance on a rookie contract. So I don't know that the contract piece is that big a deal either. Because next yeah. year you're going to a younger quarterback. Right. Um, with the deadline approaching, and there's a lot of candidates uh, that could be traded here. Bo, I know you're a baseball guy. This feels like the MLB trade deadline here. I think we're going to see a lot of movement the next couple of days here. Yeah, I think that we're going to see a couple more moves too. And I think that, you know, will the Panthers sell off a little more? they got a couple of guys they can still sell off. Um, you know, who has a player they think they can rebuild for? Uh, will the Detroit Lions try to make a deal for Mac Jones? You know, I heard some whispers on that this week that, you know, maybe Belichick has said, this ain't my guy, you know? So I, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see. What we're going to see with these trades is like in baseball. We're going to see who's going for it and who's stockpiling. Yeah. Next season. Buyers and, and you sellers. You usually don't see a lot of that in the NFL, but we will this year. So you mentioned the uh, Mac Jones situation there. And here's a guy that was a pro bowler last year that had a really solid rookie season. Uh, gets off to a slow start this year, 
dealt with an injury. Bailey Zappi comes in and played really well in his absence. Uh, Mac Jones comes back, doesn't play good. Zappi, you know, takes over when Jones gets benched, but he didn't necessarily play that great either here. What do you think of that quarterback situation in New England? Who's the guy that you would go with if you were Belichick? Would would you trust Zappi or Jones more? I, I don't know enough about Zappi. I haven't watched him well enough. My only issue with switching to Zappi is you spent a first-round pick on Jones. You got to know if he's your guy. He played – I think you said it earlier. He played a very solid brand of football last year. He wasn't too flashy. He's not a guy that's going to light you up like a Mahomes or like um, like Allen or Burrow. No, he or won a football game where he threw four passes. Yeah. I mean, so he's not a guy that's going to light you up. So I guess the argument is, okay, do we know enough, if you're the organization, do we know enough about him to know, is he our guy moving forward? If you think you know enough that he's not your guy moving forward, you go ahead and go to the other guy. You figure it out. It's going to come down that they're going to have to move Mac Jones if he's not playing. You can't have the first-round pick being the backup. Unless you've got a veteran, you know, it's, this is going to be strange. This this is going to be interesting to me to see how Belichick pulls this one off. Because I think either way, he can still have a solid quarterback, but I don't think either of them are flashy. I don't think either of them can, you can give the ball to and say, kid, win me the game. Well, and, and I'll say this. Let's say that Mac Jones goes on to you know turn things around. He's starting this weekend, has a solid season. They've gotten enough out of Zappy where they can turn him into an asset down the road. Yeah. Yeah, you wonder if Zappy becomes the next Garoppolo in that case. Right. You know, there's enough buzz on him to get something for him come draft it. Look, there's so NFL teams are all trying so hard to find the next guy. Right. And there really isn't but a few of them. I mean, how many great quarterbacks are there? Not much. We know Mahomes is great. We know Josh Allen's great. I think we know Joe Burrow's great now. He's played fantastic this season after the first week. I think we know Lamar Jackson's great. Jalen Hurts has been really good and improved every year. But is there anybody else that's great? Justin Herbert. But is he? Yes. Because they're not playing. They're not winning. He's They're still dealing with a rib injury. I, I don't put. Uh, yeah. I, think- I, I think very highly of Herbert, too. I, I Don't get me wrong. I'm not shitting on Herbert. I think he's a really, really good quarterback. But I look at it now and I go, man, I really think that these teams that have taken first round picks now, they've got to, they, they're not going to have three years anymore with these guys. Yeah. If they're not the guy now, then they got to move on. One more thing on Belichick. And then uh, we'll move on here. Uh, this is year three without Tom Brady. Last year, you know, they they shocked everybody just getting to the postseason. Uh, you know, that was that was a success, even though it didn't end well at the end of the season. But this year, with this quarterback situation and the roster not looking that great here, and we've seen what Brady has done in Tampa, uh, you know, the discussion – for a while was who won the divorce and Brady clearly did that. That discussion shut down. Now that the discussion kind of has shifted here is what even is Bill Belichick with Tom Brady at this point? I mean, because 
What, what does he have to show for it right now, Bo? Well, okay, so it's a it's a loaded question in a way. One, I'm not someone who likes who won or who lost in the divorce thing. But what I will say is one thing that Bell Belichick has always done, he has said this for years. He'd rather trade a player a year early than a year late. Right. And he might have traded Brady a year early. Let him go a year early. He didn't like, even trade him. We got nothing for him. He let, he, he, let, he, let, he let him go. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was, didn't sign him. In this case, it's one of those things where you look at it and you go, okay, well, Brady is playing horrible now. Now he wouldn't be a fit at all. So would you rather have 44 year old Tom Brady right now? Or would you rather have the first round pick that you're trying to figure out what you got? I think I'd rather figure out what Mac Jones is than play Tom Brady right now if I'm the Patriots. Now, I'm not saying that means that they did was right that first year because obviously Brady went and won the Super Bowl in Tampa. Right. And they were, and but he wasn't as good the next year. Last year, he had some great numbers, but I've said to you, we've argued about this. He didn't look good at times. And that arm strength in there. Even then, even then, though, Bo, I mean, it's more than just the quarterback. You look at what that team has done. Bill's also yeah. the GM here. He has not put a yes. good roster. Yeah. That roster should be better three years it out. It should be. I, I don't disagree with you at all on that. I think it should be a better roster. He's done a very poor job, he being Belichick, of putting a team together. I don't like head coach slash GM. And, and he does get caught up, Bill Belichick does, in I'm smarter than everybody in the room. He tried to do it on draft day again when he drafted a guard in the first round who would have been there at his second round pick. You know, so I look at it and I go, well, no, I, he's not putting his team together. And people don't want to play for him now where they did yeah. a couple of years ago because they're not as successful. I do think this is – Probably the end for Bill Belichick. I, I've already said I think this is Bill Belichick's last season in New England. I think he's out of there sooner than later. But as an organization, they got to figure out what they're doing. And they got to get, even if Bill Belichick stays as head coach, somebody else is going to be making the picks. Somebody yeah. else has got to be buying the groceries because he's not doing a good job of cooking the food. I don't see him giving up that power, though. I, I, I see him retiring and leaving that job before he gives up the GM role. Well, I think so, too. And I, and I think he's going to retire. I think that this is going to be his last season. Last thing on the NFL, then we'll move on to talk college football. Speaking of coaches, uh, reports are out that Nathaniel Hackett could be coaching for his job this weekend in London in that uh, Broncos-Jags game. The Jags have lost four in a row. We know that they have talent in everything, um, but they've been so inconsistent. What do you think here? If the Jags win, is Hackett gone? I, maybe. He may be. I, I hear the thing about the Broncos is that there is no nothing the Denver Broncos can do to make the playoffs now. They are two and five. They have not looked good offensively. Oh, and they're in sell mode. Bradley Chubb, Jerry yeah. Judy, everybody's up for grabs. Yeah, everybody's up for grabs. Trade what you can, get the picks, start stockpiling. Because when they brought in Nathaniel Hackett's gone, whether it's in the middle of the season or the end of the season. There's zero chance that Nathaniel Hackett is the coach of the Denver Broncos in 2023. Yeah. This was the guy who was brought in. And let's be clear about this. He was Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator for the years that Rodgers was the MVP. Now, here's what the dirty secret is. 
he was never the play call in, in Green Bay. Yes, he was the quarterback's coach and the guy working with Rodgers. He made Rodgers a better player, possibly. Rodgers seemed to think so. Yeah. The reason he was hired in Denver was to make that trade happen, to get Aaron Rodgers there, not to get Russell Wilson there. The offense they want to run in Denver is not what Russell Wilson can do. He doesn't yeah. have Aaron Rodgers' arm strength. He doesn't have his ability to read the offense, to read the defenses the way that Rodgers does. It's not a good marriage of those two. You, now, the Broncos have paid Russell Wilson a quarter of a billion dollars. You know, that's the, his contract now. you got to make a choice, the coach or the quarterback. And if you're paying the quarterback that much money, it has to be the coach that goes. The dirty thing also about Hackett, he's never called plays. He's never been a head coach. Like, right. You can be a first-time head coach and not be a head coach beforehand and still be successful. Sean McVay showed that. But what you do have to do is trust your coordinators to call, to call plays. the plays. Be, yeah, and McVay gets away with it because McVay is a savant and he was a play caller pretty much everywhere he was for the last three or four years before he got to, to L.A. But Nathaniel Hackett is no Sean McVay. And if he's never been the play caller, and now he's going to become the head coach, run the game, and be the offensive play caller, that's too much to ask. Right. That's too much to ask Bill Belichick to go do. Right. So he's got to make some decisions. The only way Nathaniel Hackett was going to work in a situation now is if he is not the play caller on either side and he's putting the team on the field and managing the game. He hasn't been good at that either. Right. And that's not improving. And I, I just think it's a disaster in Denver. The whole situation is a disaster. And it's gonna be a bad, it's gonna be a bad divorce. Hackett's the one who has to go. And I'm not saying that I'm team Russ here either. Yeah. Because he's played horrible. Right. I mean, look, we've got three veteran quarterbacks in this league. Four if you want to include Matt Ryan. Rodgers, Brady, Wilson, and Matt Ryan, who just got benched, who were legit future Hall of Famers who all should not be starting quarterbacks right now. Yeah. I mean, there are teams that are looking at that quarterback, those four quarterbacks in, a, in eight weeks ago would have been like, I'd love to have one of those four. Yeah. And now there are teams that would go, I don't want any part of those four. The New York Jets wouldn't take any of those four. The Giants wouldn't take any of those four right now. Well, and, and I look at Indy, you know, with, with uh, Matt Ryan. And I know that he's with the Colts now, but I'm sure you were still having a laugh about Matt Ryan doing better right things. He does uh, Matt Ryan things. But, you know, they, they've spent like $128 million on quarterbacks since Andrew Luck retired, yeah. only for that to be Jacoby Bursett, Philip Rivers at the very end of his career, Carson Wentz, and now Matt Ryan. And, you know, the, the mainstream media out there has been telling us that – Frank Wright is this great head coach and that Chris Ballard is this great GM. And I'm like, what, what do they have to show for it here? I mean, Jim Ursay is a, is a drunk, you know, he's an alcoholic. I mean, that is a dumpster fire organization. I mean, what, why have the Colts gotten a pass? Why are we made to believe that they act like they know what they're doing when the moment Andrew Luck retired, they should have just drafted a quarterback. 
Yeah, I think it was because of the Andrew Luck thing. I think that the Andrew that Andrew Luck left, and that's what screwed it. If they still had Andrew Luck, how good would that team be right now? I think Frank Wright's a dumb. I think he's a dumb. I, mean, I think he's. I do too. I think that he's not. I think he's done a terrible. If you got that running game, they've had the last two seasons, and you tell me if you'd had Andrew Luck healthy. I would have done anything Andrew Luck wanted to get him. If he wanted to sit out a season, I would have let him. Yeah. I'd have been like, we want you to be the guy in this franchise. Sit out a season. Sit out two. I don't care. The worst thing they did after Luck left, and, you know, Andrew Luck retired, took his money and ran, and and I don't blame him because he was going to get the shit kicked out of him there, this franchise, and he was bad. He wasn't healthy. The best of those four quarterbacks we talked about earlier has been Jacoby Brissett. (laughs) Jacoby Brissett is a guy who is a career backup he's not a terrible quarterback he's the guy that if if Dallas had Jacoby Brissett during Dak's injury they'd have been like oh okay we can get by with that I'll I'll say this I I wouldn't say he was the best of that bunch but he was the best for the value for the price because he was a lot cheaper than the other three he was so it they should have held on to Jacoby Brissett and then gone and got a young guy. Right. It's what they should have done. And that's what people were telling them to do in the beginning. They've gone instead to Carson Wentz, who God knows I'm not a Carson Wentz fan. This guy can't play at all. This guy had one good season in his career. One. Right. And he really wasn't that good. That same team, he gets hurt, and they win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Right. Let's not forget that. And I know there are people who say, well, he might have won the MVP. Yeah, he might have finished the season, but he right. didn't. And right. Nick Foles took them to the playoffs and did and you know played them through that. Nick Foles and actually then, even played better than Wentz did that year. So yeah, I think so. And then you go get Matt Ryan. Look, Matt Ryan hasn't been right since 283. Yeah. And what have I always said about Matt Ryan? You can always trust Matt Ryan to do Matt Ryan things. Which simply means this, people who don't understand that. Matt Ryan's going to find a way to screw it up. He's going to fumble a ball. He's going to throw a pick. He's going to give you a turnover or something late in the game that is going to cost your team the game. And Kyle Shanahan had one year as the OC there, and Matt Ryan played fantastic. Won the MVP. They got to the Super Bowl and at 28 to 3, couldn't hold on. Yeah. And it was all because Matt Ryan did Matt Ryan things in the second half. <laughs> couldn't get first downs, a fumble, an interception. Sometimes it is as simple as let's get a first down and run four more minutes off this clock. Right. Matt Ryan can't do that. I, I, uh, you can call this a hot take if you want, but. I think his play since that 28 to three has disqualified him from Hall of Fame discussion. I personally don't think he's a Hall of Fame. Right, right. I, I mean, he's not, he that, should not even be in the discussion. I think what he's yeah. done since should disqualify him. I know there's people who think he's great, and I'm also a little biased because I'm a New Orleans Saints fan, and we just owned him his entire time in Atlanta. But I just don't. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but he may get in the Hall of Fame. 
because he's got big numbers and he won an MVP. Right. Tom, uh, Tom, I know you're excited to see Sam Ellinger as the starting quarterback in Indy now, right? Uh, that's going to be something, isn't it, uh, Bo? I mean, Sam Ellinger, an NFL quarterback. What does that mean that the Colts think of Matt Ryan? Now, understand Matt Ryan's hurt. He's hurt. He's hurt. But, but they, they his job's said, gone, though, they've said. Yeah, they said his – no, Sam Ellinger's the guy for the rest of the season, which means Matt Ryan's not coming back. Right. That's just – the team is three, three, and one. I mean, you're sitting. I'll think in college about Sam Ellinger said NFL quarterback. No, no, and he's a. I mean, guy, he's a clipboard guy. He he's Chase Daniel. If that, if that, if that. Yeah. Uh, uh, moving on. Horrible. Couple notes on uh, the college football front. Texas A&M. Obviously, they're struggling. Things are bad at, at A&M. Um. They suspend three players this week. The initial reports out were that they had guys smoking marijuana in the locker room, and they have since refuted that report. They claim that's not true. Um, but whatever it may be, <coughs> Bo, with all that's going wrong in, in A&M, I don't know if that's true or not. I kind of lean towards to think it is true. But whatever it may be, until A&M does one of two things, turns it around or – until Jimbo's actually fired, we're going to hear more of these stories starting to pile up, whether they're true or not, to do whatever they can to find a way out of that buyout for Jimbo Fisher, which is just insane. They are going to try to find anything they can to get out of his buyout at this point, 100%. I, you know, um, uh, Feinbaum keeps saying that the money guys don't care. They'll pay it. They're going to get out of here. They're going to get out of this guy. They're not paying that much money. I mean, there's a lot of money. What's it, I mean, there was a guy, Fine Bob, a couple couple weeks ago that called in saying uh, saying it was cheaper to find a bounty hunter than it is to to get yeah. that, pay that buyout. Yeah, I mean, you make maybe I think it's like seventy million. I mean, that's ridiculous. First of all, it's ridiculous. They paid him that much for that long. But the other issue with it is. The portal is going to open wide open at AM. Yeah. Watch how many guys, when the portal comes open after the get to championship week, oh my God, AM guys are going to be leaving in, by a boatloads. But they're, they're going to get buses, car, anything smoking going out of College Station because nobody's playing for that guy next year. They're taking their paycheck and they're gone. They're going to move on. They're going to move on. And so it's going to be funny to see who goes against these guys. It does stink that they went and got a quarterback, and, and Max Johnson is you know, their quarterback who's been banged up all year. He's hurt again now. You know, he was going to be their guy. I watched him at LSU a couple of years ago, and I just – I didn't think he was that good. And I was like, eh, that's yeah. who they want to go with. That's on them. So I, I, I don't really like to – you know, criticize college players, but I wasn't real impressed. But boy, I I have never seen a falling off. It's, this is an Ed Ogeron kind of falling off yes. that Jimbo Fisher's going through. Yes. This is the guy that everybody in the country would have wanted two years ago. Yeah. And now, not only is he probably going to get fired at some point, 
it's there there's going to be lawsuits involved because they're not going to want to pay you. Right. They're going to find anything they can. Any rule he broke, any law he broke, you know there has got to be people outside his house with binoculars right now. I wonder how many real estate for sale signs have been in Jimbo Fisher's yard in the last month. Right. I mean, he's, he's in trouble in, in, in AM. Uh, Clemson got the win last week in Syracuse. They were down with DJU. He got bench. Kate Klubnick comes in, the five-star uh, you know, high school All-American quarterback, leads him to that uh, come-from-behind win. But DJU is still going to get the start this week, even despite all that. Bo, uh, what's going on here at Clemson? I mean, I, I get it that they have a soft schedule and an easy road to the playoff. But I liked what I saw from uh, from Cade here. Why would he not be your quarterback going forward? I, I didn't watch it, so I can't tell you if I like the kid or not. I think some of it is one thing you can say about that Yabba Dabba Doo is Yabba Dabba Doo loves loyalty. And he's going to stay loyal to his guy. And I think he's staying loyal to a guy who's the older player, bringing him back in this week. I don't know. I Look, we all know who how I think. I think Yabba Dabba Doo is a huge fraud. I think Clemson is a huge fraud. I think Syracuse coughed that game up against them. I think that there's been a couple of games Clemson's had coughed up, and I think they take advantage of a really weak conference. I I don't know what's going on there, but I do know that, unfortunately, now Clemson plays the next flavor of bye, and they play Notre Dame, Louisville, Miami, who's been awful, and then South Carolina. Yeah. Unfortunately, Clemson's going to go undefeated again. And they're gonna they're gonna get into the playoff, and then they're gonna get whacked by somebody in the playoff, whoever it is. Right. It's gonna be a waste of a playoff spot given it to Clemson. Right. It, it. I don't know how Clemson's the number five team in the country. I yeah. know they're undefeated, and I get that. And there's a respect, I guess, people are giving them for being undefeated. But if you were doing a ranking, would you have them in the top five? No. I think they'd barely be in the top 10. Right. And and, and I'm only giving them that because they're undefeated. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I Their one impressive win to me was the NC State game. That was the one game where I was like, okay, they played well that game. I don't know what's going on there. I do think that, you know, Clemson's got to figure out what they're going to do a quarterback. And I wonder if it's also – are you protecting both guys so that no one tries to leave? Right. Because now you've got this whole portal thing and someone can leave if they're not happy. So you bring in the freshman and, yeah, he goes and wins a game, but if you don't play him again, it's still, hey, we know how capable you are. We're going to bring you in next season. And then you have your, your veteran guy. I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. Last thing, we'll, uh, we'll end on this. Uh, Andrew Marchant of uh, the New York Post, uh, somebody that you and I both like I a lot when it comes to you know sports media reporting. Uh, he's put some numbers out there that the Big 12 is close to a 
television contract extension for uh, their rights for the new league with uh, ESPN and Fox, and uh, they're looking at between 300 and 400, 350 and 400 million dollars, which would be an increase uh, from what schools are making right now, even with Oklahoma and Texas leading. Leaving. That's the positive for those schools. But the negative side of things, you talk about the big gap involved here. Fox is paying over $600 million just for first-tier rights for their schools. I mean, those, those schools are getting over a billion dollars, and there still could be another potential package if they add more schools involved here. I mean, that's yeah. a huge gap we're talking about here between the Big 12 and the Big 10. That gap is not going to ever get better for the Big 12. Um, I mean, yes, I understand, you know, that that for Oklahoma, for, for the Big 12, Bo, I understand how valuable the exposure is for Oklahoma, for, for uh, the league with ESPN and Fox. I get that. But why wouldn't you wait and take things to market and try to maximize your revenue with Amazon or Apple or anything like that down the road here? I mean, or at least make competitive built competitive bidding here. I mean, uh, yeah. I I get that you like ESPN and Fox here, but aren't they shortfalling themselves some money with this idea? They could be. My question is, how long is the exclusive negotiating window? Do we know that? Uh, they've started it early. It would be for another sixteen months. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that. I mean, the other thinking could be well, and I don't know what Andrew Marshawn said as far as. Is this just tier they're, one? For- they're saying that it's it's for everything, but it's still significantly more than the what the Pac-12 is looking at right now. Yeah, yeah. And the Pac, we've always said that we thought after the the announcement of UCLA and USC leaving, we said that this is going to be the power race between these two. Who's going to win? The Big 12 is going to win. The Big 12 is far enough ahead now; they're going to win. There's more interest in their product from ESPN and Fox than there is for the Pac-12 product. But I do think that it would behoove the Big the Big 12 to try to talk to Apple and Amazon. The issue becomes, well, would the Pac-12 swoop in and get their deal? I don't think the Pac-12 could swoop in and take that deal away from the Big 12. I, I think that Apple and Amazon, I think Amazon has shown what they're trying to do with sports. I think Thursday night football, while the matchups have been awful, the production's been incredible. Right. The ratings haven't been great, but the they don't even Amazon doesn't even care. I I heard this, and I think it was Marshawn and Oron where I heard this. What Amazon figured out was that the average Amazon um, spender, the the average um, Prime member, spends. $1,500 $1,500 a year on the Amazon site shopping. The average non-prime member spends 600 So if we can give you Thursday night football, but you're going to spend $900 a year or more by having Prime, if you get a million customers, that's what they need, a million customers of Prime, at nine hundred extra dollars a year, to convert from non-prime members to prime members, you've paid for your NFL package. If you notice, I know you've seen this and noticed this. What are all the commercials on the Amazon broadcast? They're Amazon commercials. 
Right. They're for crime. They're for the things coming on. They're either that or they're the partners of the NFL, Little Caesars Pizza and whomever the other ones are. That's the one I keep remembering because those those annoying-ass commercials. <laughs> but when you see those, you go, okay, Amazon's not caring about ratings. They're looking at how do we convert people from shoppers to prime shoppers. And that 1500 a year is only going to go up. And so if they can get into the college football ranks, then they're getting more specialized. So to me, if you're Amazon, you're try- Amazon's got to try to get into the Big 12 and the Pac-12. But that gives you half the country of people watching your product. And if they're willing to pay, with the, how much is Prime? It's like five ninety nine a month. It's not much. I think I, I got it for the business. It's like it's like one hundred and fifty dollars a year, and so you know, my wife gets it at home. So we got it, and it's like, hey, Prime is a great thing. It's an incredibly good. It pays for piece. itself in shipping. Absolutely, shipping alone. But you convert people. And if you can convert in a in a in a country of four hundred million people, if you can convert a million your buyers, you're the largest online retailer. You convert a million of your customers from non-prime to prime. You've made your money back yeah. by the end of the ten years. Prime's there. Amazon's paying a billion dollars a year for Thursday night football. The end of the ten years, it's going to look like a damn discount. Yeah. In 10 years, they're going to be making three or four times that. Right. Because there's a whole other generation of people who are buying Prime. Right. It, to me, it's a no-brainer. And if they don't get the Big 12 and the Pac-12, they're going to get the Pac-12, I think. But if the Big 12 doesn't wait, makes this deal with ESPN and Fox and loses out, it hurts them two ways. One, they don't get the Amazon money. And that's going to be hard to compete with those conferences like the Big Ten, who's going to got a boatload of money and who's about to sell the third tier to Amazon right? or to Apple. And then the SEC, who's going to be the next one coming up for negotiations in a few years. You right. think that Amazon's not going to want those crazy baskets of fans? Right. A rabid customer base? Check out the SEC fans. Amazon will pay a ton for that. Right. And I think you're going to see that. I think we're going to see, like, when it, I know you and I are nerds about this, but, you know, you compare Amazon to Apple. I think Apple TV is becoming more like HBO. Yeah. There are going to be more movies and TV shows, and they may do some sports. Right. They do, but like, Friday night MLB. Yeah. And, and I do think that they might end up getting Sunday tickets. I think we're going to find out which one between Apple and Amazon get it. I don't know who it'll be yet, but my, my gut tells me that Apple's going to get it. But then Amazon is just going to go in and get They're going to go get the NBA. They're going to be the one that puts the big money out in the NBA behind the ESPN. They're going to go buy a package of that, and it's going to be the games that TBS, TNT, and ESPN don't want. They're all going to end up on, Apple, on Amazon. Yeah. And, and they're going to put it all on Prime. And they're not going to charge anything else for it. it. It's a genius move, Amazon. And for the Big 12, I get it. They're trying to get the bag they can get now because they're concerned about where they're going to be as a conference. 
But we know that the Big 12s, the Big 10s locked in. The, the SEC's locked into a deal for a while. The ACC is locked in till Kingdom Come. They're in the worst deal. Right. And it's the longest one out there. The SEC is locked in for 10 plus years. Yeah. The next one, they just got to beat the Pac 12. And I don't think that they're, I, I think they should be less concerned if they're going to lose this deal to Fox and, and um, ESPN, the Pac 12. Then that should be less of a concern and more of a concern about how much of Amazon's money can we get. <clears throat> yeah. I think so. Go get that bag. Get, yeah, and I get it. They're trying to get a bag right now because they're trying to also figure out who else they can poach. Right. You the, know, the thing, more I'll say this real quick, and then, and then we, we can wrap yeah. up here. The only upside I see about doing an early deal with ESPN and Fox, and you and I have said for a long time, we believe that ESPN and Fox are kind of calling the shots as far as realignment goes behind the scenes, is if ESPN and Fox said, hey, look, we tried to work with the Pac-12. They said, no, come to us. We're going to pull the strings we can to get you other teams in the league that you want. If, if that's what it – if this is about politics, about getting the teams that you want in, then and that's where I see aligning with ESPN and Fox right now makes sense. Yeah, I think if they can go get the four teams they want, I mean, I think those And if ESPN four, and Fox have said, we're going to make it happen, right? We're going to make this happen. Yeah, because I, I do think the Big 12 needs to add those teams. They need to add the two Arizona schools. They need to add Utah. You know, Colorado is who you got to add, but it's not like it's a great property. I get right. that. It's like one of it's like Baltic or Mediterranean and Monopoly, but it just makes sense, you know, where you're at. You know, I, I get that. They're going to have to add some of these teams. And it's going to, I guess, it's going to be a gang war between those two conferences. The Big 12 is ahead. And I don't think there's enough value in the Pac-12 without USC and UCLA to land that kind of a deal. Yeah, it's interesting. Bo, we're yeah. out of time. Appreciate you joining us as always, my friend. Yeah. Uh, it, guys. What's up? What's coming up on the podcast this week? Uh, we're going to talk a whole – Well, okay, so with the point five on Friday, we're going to preview World Series. Uh, I got some thoughts on that. Um, and then we're going to talk college football for this weekend. We're going to also go off the board a little bit, off sports for a little bit. We're going to talk about this Kanye stuff. So I think this is kind of important, and it's got a little bit of a sports take with the Donda sports stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Um, Ellen and I have been off for the last two Fridays, so we're going to, we got a lot to catch up on. Um, you know, we don't talk baseball much around here, but uh, I'll say this. Uh, I am uh, rooting hard against the Astros. When the Astros lose, America wins. I, I totally disagree. Um, wow. Anytime the Yankees lose, America wins. And we all won when the Yankees lose. I would have um, taken the, the, the Yankees oh, winning over the Astros. Uh, no, no. I love how the salty the Yankee fans already are about the Astros. And then the fact that it was a sweep on top of that is even sweeter. Um, you're not telling me you're rooting for the Astros over the Phillies, are you? I am. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm rooting for the Astros. Look, I like a couple of the players on both teams a lot. There's an LSU guy on, on the Phillies with Aaron Nola. My guy Alex Bregman, though, is on is on the Astros. I'm not rooting against my guy Braggs. So I, I'm going with the Astros. I think they'll win it in six games. Uh, this is now I the Phillies are a great story. 
and I think the really cool thing about the Phillies, we'll talk about this on my pod, is Bryce Harper is doing what a superstar is supposed to do. Finally. It, it took a couple of years, but he's got him there. Yeah. It, it, he did exactly what Aaron Judge didn't do, and he did exactly what my boy Mookie Betts didn't do. You got to, if you're going to be that superstar, if you're going to be that guy, you got to lead the way. And they win their, their fifth game. They close out the series on a Harper home run. He played fantastic. Uh, yeah, he's a star. And, but I am rooting. I am rooting for the, I won't be disappointed if the Phillies win. I, there's, there's no reason for me to dislike either of these two teams. I would have rooted for, if the Yankees had won, I would have rooted for whoever won the NF. Okay. All right. Well, uh, you enjoy those trash cans banging, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week. That's a terrible narrative. That's the same narrative of the Yankee fan who celebrates the 27 victories that go back to, like, 1927. I'm not a Yankee fan at all, but I'll tell you this right now. The the, the Astros, I mean, what they did was the biggest cheating scandal in sports since, uh, you know, in my lifetime. It's Lance Armstrong. You know, no, Lance Armstrong is the worst. Um, you know, there's other teams doing these things. Yes. The Yankees were one of them. The yeah. Yankee fans want to say they didn't cheat, but they were cheating too. Oh, they were. The Astros just won. <laughs> oh, Bo, we got to go. We'll uh, catch have you a good next weekend. week. Thanks, man. Yes, have a good week. Take care. Final segment before we go. It's our Tom Fullery story of the week. Thomas Bridges is here with us to tell us something ridiculous happening in the world. Tom, where shall we go to this time? Jones, we're going to the to the good old internet. Um, we are going to the gram. And technically, I guess you could say we're going to Slovakia, I guess, um, considering the content of, of this story. But um, going back to none other than the New York Post um, lifestyle segment, this My favorite is, pep, paper of record. Right. And uh, article reads, my body is too dangerous for social media. I'm naturally perfect. Article starts off, is she too hot to have a handle? An Instagram model is claiming her body is too dangerous for the internet after experiencing backlash over her naturally perfect looks. The Slovakian influencer, 26-year-old Veronica Rajek, said her perfect figure and good looks make people jealous online, resulting in body shame. My body is considered a danger on social media, and I am constantly being canceled by trolls for doing absolutely nothing but sharing photos of my body. Rajak, who has worked as a model since she was 14, told NudePR.com of all websites. Uh, These days, you see a lot of overweight or even obese women online talking about body positivity. But when a beautiful tall woman wants to be positive in her own skin, people want to attack me and call me privileged, she continued. The model who now travels these damn ads on here. The uh, the model who now travels between Austria and the US touts two million followers on Instagram, but all her devoted fans don't seem to outweigh the nasty trolls. They are just jealous of my naturally fit body, she said. Some people are even reporting my Instagram account because they are offended by my slim look and I'm losing out on money and work because of it. Rachel claims she doesn't share anything X-rated or controversial, but just wants to show off myself and my body in an attempt to promote body positivity. 
I don't understand why my version of body positivity is wrong. She said, I'm a model. Aren't models supposed to be sexy? Body positivity movement, which emphasizing inclusivity for all body shapes and sizes, aims to better everyone's mental health, something that can be negatively impacted by poor body image. As for Rajak, she claims her body is too beautiful and makes people feel threatened, forcing her to constantly prove her looks aren't fake. The six-foot-tall model once paid more than $80 for a breast exam to show her followers that her 36D cups are all natural. If you're too beautiful, your body is seen as a threat to society, she said. In reality, I came from a poor country and had to work hard to be where I am today. But Rajak is no stranger to being bullied, she said. As a child, she was often called cruel names like desk and giraffe due to her height and flat chest. I think that people want to punish me for my success, but everything about me is natural. Jones, looking at his picture, she's definitely hot. Um, no lie. Um, is she too hot? Is she too hot? You know, it really depends. I mean, she's definitely good looking. Um, I'm, you know, some, you know, some of these bodies, she said, naturally fit. Um, you know, some of some of this, you know, you don't get without going to the gym or out without, you know, she's not ordering Pizza Hut drunk at 11.30 p.m. at night and knocking it out and going to sleep, um, you know, like I've done uh, multiple occasions. So, uh, you know, what? you know, sure, you've worked hard. I don't, I don't think you have to freaking go public and go to nudepr.com to freaking write, have a New York Post article written about you. You know, I obviously she has 2 million followers on the gram. Um, so she's making some sort of money off of it. I have not been on her Instagram to check to see if she is an OnlyFans. Um, you know, no hate if she does. You know, if I could, you know take pictures of my ass and put them on the internet and people wanted to buy it uh you know i'm not above that i 110 percent would um but you know unfortunately uh, my ass probably doesn't look as good as hers so uh and i'm fine with that but for her i guess jones to go and like make this a thing like we don't need an article about your experience on instagram like if you're the top 1% of people who are just making money on being an influencer alone, right then at that point, you know, it comes with the job. Like, you you know, like you don't go and play basketball for the Los Angeles Lakers and then get to bitch when the media, you know, comes after you for shooting like Russell Westbrook. Like, that comes with the job. You know, if you want to be some hot model and flaunt yourself off Instagram and have 2 million followers and make bank off showing your tits off, then do it. Hell yeah, do it. But then don't, you know, don't bitch about it when the, you know, consequences come. You know, I left my prior job, my working from home job to make more money working in an office job. I don't get to be working in the office because that's what I chose to do. I know the terms and conditions. Um, you know, I, I think it translates right over that you don't really, you can't really complain when you're literally kicking it in your undies right. in bed picture. Like, like, you know, like here's a good example along those same lines. Uh, so, uh, Paige Sporadic, uh, I'm sure you've probably heard of the, uh, oh, yeah. the model. I think she was named like Maxim, the sexiest woman alive. I mean, she's just absolutely beautiful. Just, just perfect. Um, she was uh, complaining about the trolls 
body shaming her and, you know, calling her fat or whatever it may be. And, you know, I understand her frustrations. You know, those people were out of line, clearly, and all that. But at the same time, too, I hear her make those comments. I'm like, well, I mean, you're putting yourself out there. I mean, in a certain way, you're going to draw those comments here. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, Tom, if you're of a certain stature, you have to expect hate that you have to expect the trolls to come after you. You're not going to like it, but it's going to happen. Right. And, you know, I, you know, on the, on the flip side of things, you know, you look at Lizzo, you know, Lizzo's out here. Lizzo's, you know, Lizzo's not, you know, super crazy in shape by any means. And she out here flaunting it and she does her thing, makes her money, goes home. And she's not out here just overly bitching about people calling her out on stuff. And she's just out here making her money and not giving a shit and dropping bangers at the same time. So, uh, you know, I, I think, I, you know, I, I get maybe where she's coming from of like people are saying, you know, you can't be posting this. Like you're causing all these people to hate themselves. I'm like, you know, if, you know, I'm not a big fan of social media anymore. Um, you just deleted Instagram, right? Well, I, I, my Instagram's deactivated. Um, you know, kind of on a starting starting to wind down towards the end of the year and I felt like I'd probably bring it back after the new year but um, you know I, I spend too much time on it you know Jones in my old age as I told you I'm about to turn 30 my super old age uh, I feel like I'm becoming more self aware in terms of like you know what I will sit on the gram and just scroll and just I'll kind of wake up out of my social media slumber and be like damn I just wasted an hour and a half sitting on the couch just scrolling through the gram um for no good reason you know and it's a you know at that point instagram's kind of turned into a tiktok of some sorts uh, with the different videos and it can get addicting and that's the number one reason why i have not made a tiktok account um just because i know it's super easy to just scroll and scroll and scroll and so i, I took off instagram and um, I try not to be on Twitter um, as much, but Twitter, I like I like seeing the news and I read the articles and uh, I like to see other people's opinions. And obviously, I haven't had Facebook for a while and, you know, so I'm also not on there posting my body. Not yet. Let me get some more. Let me let me get in shape. Let me get my shit together and get in shape. And then I'll start posting my ass on Instagram when I come back. And then maybe I can bitch about people calling me out. Well, and uh you know, so this girl says she's too hot for Instagram, you know, and social media and all that. Um, I mean, people think of the the nudes and the X-rated stuff on OnlyFans. I mean, you're not required to put that on OnlyFans. Um, it's not like in the terms and conditions that in order to have an account, you have to put, you know, pornography on there. I mean, if this chick wants... Uh, you know, wants to look good, but thinks she's too hot for uh, for Instagram, whatever. I mean, she can do an OnlyFans or whatever and, and uh, make money that way. And, and she doesn't even post dude if she doesn't want to. Right. People will still buy it, you know. Yeah. Um, people people will simp there, uh, you know. And, if, you know, at that point, if people want to make negative comments, well, at least they're paying to do it. Right. Uh, you know, but I'm sure she's still getting you know, ads and sponsorships and different things for having that many followers. And 
I'm like, you know, if I could have it that easy where I could just do, you know, be like, check out this T-shirt I got. Um, nothing fits better than this T-shirt <laughs> ads and get free T-shirts or free deodorant or free. I don't know. Not deodorant. Deodorant's too cheap. Um, but I'm, I'm a proud degree deodorant guy. Um, every now and then I'll get the old spice, but proud degree guy. Um, but. You know, if I could make money just saying, check out how I don't really sweat that much wearing degree, check out my armpit hair, you know, and get paid for it, 100% I would do it. Um, and, you know, so I'm sure she's racking up the, the sponsorships, whether that be a Sheen sponsorship or, you know, the, the pictures on there looks like she's posing in some Calvin Klein loungewear. So maybe she's getting a dollar bill from, from Calvin Klein. Like, life could be a lot worse. Right. I feel like, That's Tom, not- that with what we do at Chat Sports with the Super Chats and all that, I feel like, <laughs> you know, we're only fans or we're influencers of some sorts. I had a, de- a guy today that hit me up on my live show that said, hey, Tyler, I'll pay you $100 if you'll dress up as Darth Vader for Halloween. I said, deal. Are you doing it? Uh, I'm waiting on that $100 to come in. We became friends at Venmo. He said he'd pay me Friday. If it comes in by Friday, then yeah, I'll I'll be Darth Vader for Halloween. That's easy. So you're gonna be Darth Vader on the on the Giants and uh, Giants. Show, yeah, yeah. I guess I'll oh, be Darth Vader. I mean, like, you know, somebody else suggested I'd be like a a, a, a slutty pumpkin or something like that. I'm like, hell, I'll, I'll be Darth Vader. That's 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 not asking much. That's better than being a slutty pumpkin. Yeah, no joke. And I, yeah, that would be. That would be actually awesome. Um, I mean, yeah, like like I said, folks here listening on this show, Tyler and I have made this known. We can be bought. Absolutely. You know, I'm. I am, would be a slutty pumpkin. I mean, for the right amount of money, yeah, I'll be the sexiest pumpkin you've ever seen. Yeah. You know, for the for the right amount of money. Yeah. Yeah, somebody, so how that came about, why I mentioned the slutty pumpkin, Tom, is on my live show, somebody sent me in $50 to be a slutty pumpkin. And then another guy said, hey, I'll send you 100 to be Darth Vader, and uh, but I got to wait till Friday. And he said, okay, here's my Venmo. If you send that to me by Friday, then I'll be Darth Vader. But if you don't, then I'm going to be the slutty pumpkin, I guess. There you go. Either way, you're cashing out, making money. Right. You yeah. know, like, like I said, you know, so for this lady to be, you know, it, that would be like if someone jumped on there and complained that, oh, you're making money and you're, you know, you know, body positivity for pumpkins. You know, you need to be a, you're, you're too sexy of a pumpkin. We need you to be a less sexy pumpkin. <laughs> so like, here's, here's the idea that we're thinking of. We're thinking of, Chugs came up with this idea of cutting holes where my nipples would be for the slutty pumpkin. So, what, oh, are you dressing up? Oh, you're going to be put into a pumpkin costume? Uh, Yeah, and then, like, cut holes where my nipples would be if I was the slutty pumpkin. Yeah, that would that would be great, you know? And you know what he would be? You would be, you could be a, a sexy, kinky pumpkin if you bring back the shock collar. Yeah, um... Is there any way I could be I could be a sexy Darth Vader? Uh oh man, that's 
I don't know. You could you could wear the Darth Vader helmet and just go in some uh, boxer briefs, right? And then like I don't know, maybe have a lightsaber coming out of your pants. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> you know, you might make more than a hundred dollars doing that. I would. Darth Vader with the shot collar on, with the lightsaber coming out of your, <laughs> out of your uh, whatever, whatever. You, what, oh, that's another good question for maybe another day. What's the flap on the in the front of of underwear called? Like, obviously where you you whip it out at the urinal. What's what's that hole in the in? Is that I did you know? Do I want to be vulgar and just is that the dick hole? Like in underwear, you know, that's a good, that's a shower thought. I never thought about that. What's the front flap on underwear called? Let me look it up right now. What? I, I, the front flap in underwear called? Uh, let's see. Google says technically it's known as a fly. Oh, okay. yeah. I mean, I guess uh, that makes I'm also seeing uh, the gusset. Oh, that sounds... uh, I don't know how I feel about that word. Oh, yeah, baby. Show me your gusset. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that just sounds dirty. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Open that gusset. Open that gusset. (laughs) Golly. Show me the gusset. I'm like, well, maybe... Yeah, just yeah. I'm gonna just stick this lightsaber through my gussets. Like, yeah. whoa, wait a second! You're gonna put that lightsaber where? Right. Hi, that is gusset. G U S S E T. Yes. Oh my goodness! I hear someone else is saying it's called the cock flap. See the dick hole, the cock flap, the gussets. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh. A gusset, a piece of material sewn into a garment to strengthen or enlarge a part of it, such as the collar of a shirt or the crotch of an undergarment. A bracket strengthening an angle of a structure. You know what's funny? Jones, uh, I've made it known I am a buyer at a company that buys stuff to make uh, vessels and boilers for like an oil and gas company. And it's uh, funny that we mentioned gusset because I, I did actually order... Um, Four large gussets um, on Monday, um, and and when I heard gusset, that reminded me of that. Um, and it is a bracket strengthening, um, like angle, like like angles, like metal angles and pipe. So that is that is funny. Gusset. Now I know. Yes, I'm still. I I I, I don't know. I feel as sober. Tom would call it a gusset. Uh, slightly yeah. intoxicated Tom would definitely call it a cock flap. Get it out of that gusset. <laughs> right. There you go, folks. You, you learn something new if, you know, you learn something new every day. Speaking of uh, learning something new every day and along the same lines, uh, when, uh, when I was at this wedding uh, this past weekend, I won't say who, but, uh, but I'd never thought about this. But... Uh, one of my friends at this wedding had told me that uh, that a sock has more than one purpose. Uh, there's more than one place to put it on besides your uh, your feet. I mean, yeah. Oh, I mean, I 
I guess you I guess you could. <laughs> and and then if you lose the sock, then it's not a waste to have that one sock. I, mean, I suppose you could, you know. <laughs> you get to keep, you know, something other warm than your feet. Uh, you know, I guess if the if the gusset if the gusset wasn't keeping things warm enough for you, then I suppose you could reinforce that with the sock. Uh, it uh, at that point do you call it a, can you can you cut a hole in the sock call it a sock gusset <laughs> you know it it definitely wouldn't be a good substitute for a condom I can tell you that right now well it depends on what you're no never mind never mind you know how painful that would be for the, the female involved well I'm saying depends on what you're what you're getting down with but <laughs> You know, oh my god, nothing worse than a wet sock. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter, how. it doesn't matter how it got wet. You're right, you ever worn a wet sock? Yeah, Never... <laughs> well, on that note, we will go. <laughs> Big thanks to coach uh, JB, uh, Jason Brown for joining us here on the uh, Jones Report today as well as uh, Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor, you, the listener, for joining us as well. As always, subscribe to the show. New episodes out each and every Thursday. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. Hit the like button. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. And uh, you can follow us on social media. The links are in the description. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that, at Tyler Jones Live. Thomas is uh, just on Twitter, at uh, Thomas underscore Bridges. Studio Soapbox is on uh, Facebook and and uh, Twitter. And then the Jones Report is on Instagram at Jones underscore report. You can find us there. Have a, a great rest of your weekend, everybody. We'll see you right back here on the uh, Jones Report next week. For Thomas Bridges, I'm Tom for Jones. Thanks so long. Thanks for joining us.